Welcome to a very special episode of the Splitfire Gaming Podcast. It is another review of another tournament. Um, this one was the New Year's Bloodbath, which was at Stockton. And I have two very, very special guests to join me to talk about it. Um, internet superstar Scott from the previous episode. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be how, back. How, it is, how does... Um, do you get people coming up on the street asking for signatures now, considering it's the most popular video I think I've ever done? I mean, to be honest, that's been going on for years. Um, like sometimes, if you are quiet, you can you can hear the the adoring fans out the front chanting my name, even even at this time on the evening. Well, I, I can only hope that I've increased your internet profile or <laughs> fan base, and put it into the stratosphere. I was just going to say, Scott, is that not just for your dog? Yes, yeah, it probably is. Yeah, That's one hundred percent true. Yeah, <laughs> um, and barging in there on the other show <laughs> is uh, Steve, who um, you may have heard any reference to him in previous episodes as being someone who just um, is an excellent player, and you're rather baffled as to you'll be playing and then you'll have no recollection of what happened, and then you'll be at the end of the game having lost. So uh, welcome, Steve. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. How do you do that? He's an all-round bad guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just awful. I really am. You know, like Elysia and, and the Battle of Elysia with Caesar and that, and where it's like uh, the Gauls are surrounding them and are in the town, and then it's just cut to Caesar's killed them all. That's sort of like how you play the, the game of Warhammer. From my I, I, observations, anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's that's mainly to what happened in our game when we played at, uh, where was it? Was it Sheffield or Derby? It was Sheffield. Sheffield, uh, yeah. yeah. And then again, when I tried a list against your uh, halfling Bretonians, that was, I don't know what happens, but all my army is dead. Yes, uh, good times, good times. Yeah. <laughs> White Lion Horde, Mark, because you deserve it. Yeah. You know, it's getting it's getting old. This criticism of my <laughs> love of white lions and the Lariel. I don't have any sympathy, to be fair. When I was facing off the, that white lion and Lariel horde twice, um, it, it got what it served. I think. <laughs> Moving on, this is a pro <laughs> high elf uh, podcast. You're the first person ever to ask to be on this uh, podcast rather than me begging people to turn <laughs> up to do an episode. So um, thanks for that. That's, that shows we're going up in the world. Yeah, I was just starting to feel a bit lonely and left out, to be honest. It was more my insecurities more than anything else. Well, you've, you're always on Alan's podcasts on uh, Toy Soldier Tales, so you're sort of like the Uncle Albert recurring character to his uh, <laughs> Del Boy. So I didn't really want to interfere with that. That is the best I... set of descriptions ever. Yeah, I've even got the beard to match, to be fair. During it's not quite the as war... white, but it's getting there, yeah. <laughs> During the war of the beard, whatever. That, that's a rubbish joke, I'll cut that. Um, anyway, we all signed up for New Year's Bloodbath at um, Beanie Games in Stockton. Um, it's, it was a bit of a different one. Um, I thought before we go through what actually happened, um, we just go through a bit of the comp. So it was a 2,000-point tournament. 
Uh, and interestingly, um, no Lord choices were allowed. You could only have heroes. There were no special characters allowed. Um, the units could only be a maximum of 400 points each. Um, and you had to use Highlander um, selection rules. So you could only pick uh, one of each unit. And if you wanted another one, you had to have used everything else in that section before you went round again. So you had to use everything in core before you could use a second unit of something in core. What did everyone think of that um, that system? I really liked it, actually. It's it's something different. It makes people think. Um, makes people perhaps choose different choices than they might have done. Uh, I think it gives a bit of a leg up to the weaker books, simply because I think in the stronger books, a lot of the really good stuff is in the Lord section. Um, yeah, sorry, I was just going to sort of say it. I absolutely agree. I think 2,000 points is just an interest in points value as well. Um, I know without Lords and Highlanders, some of the lists were just really quite quite funky that you just wouldn't see in a sort of your typical competitive event. I think what I liked about it was um, 2,000 points. The temptation is then just to min-max, so you'll have one super unit. But now you can't do that because it's capped at 400 points. So you have to think again about unit composition. And again, with a Highlander, um, you can't just take like two mages for high elves. You can't do that because it's cycling through a dragon mage, uh, a Lothan sea helm, a noble, a normal mage. And then, but you can't fit all that into 2000 points. So it made making the list for me anyway a lot more. I quite enjoyed thinking about how to make the list. Yeah, yeah. agreed. I, to be honest, I, I mean, I find list building one of the one of the most fun parts of Warhammer. To be to be honest, no, well, maybe some just because I'm a little bit sad um, and a little bit of a Warhammer nerd, but I'm I'm okay with it. Um, so yeah, trying to build a different type of list was was quite genuinely fun. I enjoyed it. To be fair, but if you're sad for doing that, then I'm full on depressed. There's... I often in my spare time just think I'd hard to see what funky list I can come up with just on the well, off chance. I'm sure everyone here knows because I send them out to people and say, what do you think of this? It must have been interesting for you, Steve, not to have anything really to break for this comp because there's <laughs> no points or anything like that. It's just a set of restrictions. It was actually quite easy for me because I just took one of the lists I'm considering for Triple Crown in in May, which was Highlander anyway, or almost Highlander, and just chopped out the relevant bits. You must just have like a filing cabinet of fuck you lists. Just uh, what, what, what will I use today? Yeah, um, I've, I've, I've got different categories. I've got the fuck category. Um, and then I've just tears. got the, yeah, annoy the hell out of people category. That's my main It's such a fine line category. between all of them things. <laughs> Another interesting thing about the tournament was um, it didn't use 20 nil exactly. The most you could ever get for um, uh, tournament points for victory point difference was a 17-3. And the extra points were made up with secret objectives, which were handed in, well, secret. They were handed out before the first game. And you had, to, you had five, and you had to pick one before each game, and you couldn't use them again. So... I actually really liked that as well because it it made it made you have to think about another thing in the game, not just getting as many victory points, but 
there's things you could do, whether it's worthwhile trying to go for the secret objective or not, um, which I said we'll talk about more in the games. But I, I've never seen that before in any of the tournaments I've been to. And I think that was quite an interesting thing to add. I totally agree. What I thought was even more interesting wasn't just that it was a bonus two, a bonus three points for achieving it. If you didn't achieve it, you achieved a, a minus three, which which can have a really sort of big swing of of sort of up to six points, which I found really quite different and added a little bit, certainly something extra at the tournament. I, f- I thought. Yes, because it it meant that if you if you achieved your secret objective, even if you actually got stomped and, and cleaned off the table you still got a minimum of six points i think my understanding so i think that's that's really good it's quite a big swing actually if you get it and the opponent doesn't that's like six points in effect yeah it, it made a huge difference in our game uh when i played scott yeah Sp- spoilers you know <laughs> Don't just don't just give away some highlights like that. In the no one will no one will stay at the end of the episode if you give that I'm, away. I'm, I'm trying to build up some anticipation. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's tense here in the recording studio. <laughs> um, so that was the comp. Um, shall we go through what we took in our list? Um, I can do mine first because it's on here. So I eventually went for surprise, surprise, high elves. Um, for my heroes, I took a level two Law of Heaven's Mage with the Talisman of Preservation and a noble as the Battle Standard Bearer who had the Shield of the Merworm and the Sword of Might. Uh, I went for 29 archers with a Musician Standard Bearer, five Illyrian Reavers with a Bow and Spear, five Silver Helms, with shields, um, 24 Phoenix Guard, five Shadow Warriors, 27 White Lions with the Banner of Eternal Flame, Bolt Thrower, and a Phoenix. Was it, can I just ask, what was your, did you have sort of a general tactic or thought process with the list, Mark? Was it, was there any sort of thought behind that? Was it stuff that you just quite fancied using? Was it sort of, of this was sort of like a first draft that I just played a few games with um, and just got to quite like it. Um, the Phoenix Guard are there for holding things up and defence. The White Lions, in theory, should be able to cut through stuff. Uh, they're sort of the aggressive unit. Phoenix is a um, bolt thrower for any armour penetration at range. I like Shadow Warriors just to chuck in to be a nuisance, so they went in. And um, the BSB... <laughs> It's also with only 2,000 points, like sort of cheaping out on magic weapons. So Shield of the World, Merwem, I thought, well, that's a pseudo four-up ward save in combat. And I like archers. Archers always tend to do something impressive. So that's where most of my core went. Um, so it's just the standard idea of pinning stuff with Phoenix Guard and hitting it with a with the Phoenix or sending the White Lions into whatever heavy armor there was. And they should be all right. And then, as we were discussing on the last episode, uh, Laura Heavens, because I was going for hopefully uh, Aisha Blizzard, and I was hoping for something like Harmonic Convergence, just to apply to the White Lions so they could re-roll. It's a there's less defensive stuff I could take because naturally you would be taking Banner of the World Dragon uh, and the Razor Standard for the Phoenix Guard, which I'll talk about later. Is I probably should have dropped some more Phoenix Guard to pay for that in the end 
but I didn't take it. And it, it, it's noticeable over the three games what it is lacking from when you don't take those things or where you can't take the protection for the White Lions or the extra AP for Phoenix Guard. But that's just how it ended. I think the lack of the armor piercing on Phoenix Guard does definitely hurt them a lot. Um, yeah, definitely. They, they just become an absolute tank of a unit because they never die, but they never kill anything either. That became a real problem in the last game. Spoilers. Um, yeah, if I wrote it again, I would cut something. See, you can't make it over 400 points, which is where this comp's coming in. So 24 Phoenix Guard with a champion musician and standard bearer is 390 points. So something's going to have to, 40 points are going to have to come off that to put the Razor standard on it. But, 20 so is probably enough, to be honest. Yeah, About 2,000 points. More is better when it comes to Phoenix Guard. Ah, 20, 20 with the standards better than 24 without would be my good feel. I would agree with that now, but then that's after the tournament where it's no use. It's always useful for future games. Until he runs it again. Yeah, exactly. Back. You'll be back yeah. with your standard. <laughs> and the banner of the world, Jack. <laughs> uh, but I quite like the list um, when it worked. It sort of, the theory behind it sort of worked in some cases. But core sort of writes itself anyway the silver helms are just meant to be annoying chaff like hard chaff rather than a, a unit to do anything um that was a theory behind it i think it's a solid theory it's got anvils it's got hammers it's got magic it's got shooting it's got a bit of everything i quite it's liked it as a list a few a few tweaks it's a all round list to be fair mm. What did the, I don't know, Chaos Dwarfs bring? So I'll, well, I brought Chaos Dwarfs. Um, yeah, to be honest, we, we spoke about this at, at the event, Steve, I and Alan. Um, 2,000 points of Chaos Dwarfs, for the most part, essentially rates itself. Um, so I've not used me Chaos Dwarfs in, in, in a good few years, to be honest, and actually never at a tournament before. So um, for core, I took 40 Hobgoblins with bows and 20 internal guard with fire glaives and uh, for those who don't know that it's somewhere between a gun and a halberd and makes chaos dwarfs even more outrageously expensive so for only 20 of them with full command it's 377 points it's a it's a big investment and they're, they're not particularly great Are they like the fantasy equivalent of guardian spears from um adaptive yes. custodies yeah yes very much that but obviously less good. Um, special was one Death Re Death Shrieker rocket, one Iron Demon Hellbound, um, and one Magma Cannon. And then for rare, I took a unit of Hobgoblin Wolf Riders and a Kadai Destroyer. Of course, of course. And then the hero slot was Castlan BSB with the Mask of the Furnace, which essentially gave him a plus one to his armor save and a four up ward. Uh, as essentially the most important character to keep alive. A Demonsmith Sorcerer, level 2 on death, with Armor of Bazrak the Cruel, which is a, a, just a flat 2 at ward save, and Magic Resistance 2. And then a, a Hobgoblin Khan on a wolf, with a Charm Shield Sword of Might, who was super chaff, uh, slash war machine hunters, which 
paid off sometimes and less so certainly on others. Um, to be honest, the list is fairly standard, I think, for a Chaos Dwarf list, certainly at this point's value. It relies heavy on its on its big hitters, which is the, the War Machines and the Train and the Kadai. Like the core's not really achieving much, to be honest. And due to the games I had, for the most part, magic was only even remotely useful in one game. Sadly, it's a bit of a spoiler. But I think lesson learned from it, which is weird after our last podcast chat and how I normally play Warhammer. Weirdly, I just wasn't aggressive enough with the army. Would be my takeaway overall. So you, you went contrary to your own nature and the cost. cost. Yeah. yeah. So is the, is the Chaos Dwarf set up? I've never played against. Oh, yeah, I have once uh, in a tournament, but I've, I'm not really. I assume it's the same concept behind dwarfs of like castling up, or is it? Is it not? I mean, yeah, for the most part. Just they're, they're, they're not as good at actual <clears throat> full distance range as, as a standard dwarf list. Um, they're just a lot, a much more limited list. Like what they've got against the right setup is is very good, um, but against the wrong setup is is not. And you've got like, is the Iron Demon? Is that a combat thing or is that a um, range thing? I mean, it's it's a it's essentially a steam train. Um, it's excellent against the right setup. Um, as as Steve would point out, it's it's not good against uh, slayers, for for certain, um, and it's not good against anything that's got a, that that's a mount because it in combat it very much relies on its thunder stomps and impact hits. So for the grind, if you if you're in with with cavalry, it, it will achieve nothing at all. Um, but it, its guns not bad either. It does. You roll two artillery dice, pick the highest, and then roll the hit with it, uh, and then it's strength six. D three wounds. So against the right, it's it's a good it's good at killing monsters, or monstrous beasts is what it what it is. And I love it. I saw the model. I like that. Yeah, the model is stunning. As with many, with all the the Forge World Chaos Dwarf stuff, to, in my honest opinion, which is essentially the reason I, I took them just to get them off my shelf and onto a gaming table. Well, I suppose if you're going to invest. The five thousand pounds it costs to get a small chaos dwarf army, you might yeah. as well get the use out of it. Yeah, it's not a cheap army, sadly. Not in any sense. No, no, they're, they're so expensive points wise as well. Like such a point sink. And then two out me two out my three games. I played uh, Civil War with the treacherous dwarfs um, who abandoned the the. Their Chaos Dwarf brethren back when, back pre Hashut days, when uh, when the world fell apart, and one of those people was Steve. To say, speaking of uh, the evil dwarfs, good segue. Steve, what was your list? Uh, my list was what I would generally take as a dwarf army. I mean, I used to play dwarfs a couple of decades ago. Now, probably as my main army. I haven't played them for a very long time, so I thought it's about time I got them out again. But it's it's very similar to what I used to take. And what I took to this event, I mean, I don't take Dwarf Lords anyway, um, so that wasn't a problem. So my list was 
my general and sole hero was a master engineer with a rune of stone. Then in my core, I had 30 dwarf warriors with shields and full command. And I had 24 longbeards with shields and full command. That was basically my two anvil units. In specials, uh, I had my two hammer units, which was uh, nicely named 20 hammerers with musician and a standard bearer and the ancestor rune. And then 25 slayers again with the musician and standard bearer. And uh, they were my two uh, kill things units. And then for my my range, I had a cannon with a rune of forging, grudge thrower with a rune of accuracy and a rune of penetrating, and an organ gun with a rune of accuracy, and I had one each of the copters, so I had a gyrocopter and a gyrobomber. So uh, by only spending a sum total of 75 points on characters, I was able to get quite a lot of dwarfs on the table. I say this, that's different to the usual sort of tooled up thing with loads of runic gear that I've seen previously. I usually find that if a block of hammers or slayers or something can't deal with something, a thane's not going to be really able to deal with it either. It's also usual, like, I've seen a lot of dwarf players put the, is it the runesmith in the unit just for the AP? But I suppose if you strength six, it doesn't really make that much of a difference. Yeah, and you get dwarfs get the plus one strength on the charge. So, um, you know, strength seven hammerers will, will make a dent in most things. Um, so it's, it's, it's handy for long beards, etc. At, at 2,000 points, when you're trying to get enough dwarfs into each block to make them a threat, I just couldn't afford the, the 100 odd points it would be for a, a runesmith that didn't immediately die when they go into combat. I like the idea of an engineer taking command of an entire army. To be honest, being Steve, it was it was I mean, intimidating across from Sven, but intimidating to see so many dwarfs at 2,000 points. <laughs> they just kept coming, like, oh my god, there's so many dwarfs. Is they're not that cheap, are they dwarfs? No, I mean, every every unit's over 300 points. 300 points or more. And what um, was the uh, the theory behind your list then? Was it similar to castle up and shoot or was it more combat it's, it's a it's a kind of a, a counter punch list which i think dwarfs do quite well at. you've got reasonable range stuff to to whittle things down i mean you're never going to win a game with just a cannon a organ gun and a, a um, grudge thrower but it's there's enough there to whittle stuff down and to try and encourage the per, to the opponent to come at you and then you've got the two copters to help directs the uh, the opposing units into where you need them to be. Um, or you can use your longbeards or warriors to, to take a charge and set up uh, counter charges with the hammers and the slayers. That's the, the general thing. Um, 30 dwarf warriors, you know, five wide, six deep, four up save, five up parry in the first round of combat if they get charged. Hopefully they'll be, still be steadfast they won't run on leadership nine. And then um, you've got hammers or, or slayers ready to go into the flank. So that was the, the general theory. Let things sort of hit the front of the warriors, the long beards, or 
get diverted around with the copters a bit so your hammers and slayers can charge in and do what they do best. Civil war kicking off between different dwarves, different tactics. It was, to be honest, it was it was sort of playing it and looking through, talking through the list. Was, it was just such a well-rounded list. It didn't have any blatant weaknesses that you don't have by just inherently being a dwarf. As in, you know, anything with an initiative test, etc., is going to hurt you. But especially, I think, at level four, sorry, at the at 2,000 points with maximum level two wizards, you're also unlikely to get even remotely dominated in a magic phase, which, which I think really was something else that the comp did. Yeah, because it kind of limited the, the unit killing spells a little bit, because a, a level four, I know it's only got an extra plus two to cast over a level two, and if you're throwing six dice at it, it's not always that plus two makes a big difference, but the main difference is you've only got one mage, you've only got two rolls on a spell deck to get that killer spell instead of four. So you're much less likely to come up against purple suns, etc. So that helped uh, armies like ogres and, and dwarfs um, quite a lot in that respect. That like Because there's no rune of spell breaking in that list, is there? Nope. No BSB either. I suppose you're just happy to play the odds that um, it's unlikely that something like that's going to come up. Well, the the long beards help in that regard because they're immune psychology and they give rerolls to panic to anything within six. So that's kind of like half a BSB there. Um, the hammerers uh, have the ancestor rune, which allows you to take a test on a single d6 so with leadership nine stubborn you know for at least one round if they get into combat they're going to stick or or do a fairly reliable in that respect expense and the slayers are unbreakable so uh, the bsb is not as useful in that dwarf list as it might be in other other armies the hammer is stubborn yeah uh, so yeah yeah they're just they're really upset <laughs> mitigated that with uh, unhappy dwarfs uh, well so they were they were the lists and uh, the ideas behind them so there were three games on the day um, the first one was meet and engagement the second one was dawn attack and the third one was just battle line so I don't know Steve do you want to start with what happened with your game one Yes, I mean, this is going into the mists of time now, but um, my game one was against Liam, uh, who had his ogre army. And Big fan of the show, Liam. If I remember correctly, and I'm sure you'll, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, I think he had four man-eaters with uh, poison and sniper. He had a cat. He obviously had the iron blaster. And then he had nine lead belchers. Um, I think a unit of nine bulls as well. Five iron guts. And a bruiser BSB, fire belly, and a butcher, both on level twos, I think. Um, I don't remember seeing anything else, if I'm, if I'm right. I might have missed something. I think that was that was the main the main part of the army, which um 
it's quite scary. Well, certainly the lead belches were quite scary. Um, because nine d6 strength forearm piercing shots is going to make a mincemeat out of my units quite quickly. And uh, I think the first two or three turns generally went his way. I managed to whistle down his iron guts to just four, uh, three, sorry, um, with the gyro bomber, amazingly, and the gyrocopters dropping some stuff on them. And I, and I killed a few of the lead vultures. But, uh, and then I managed to divert, use a copter to slow down his, his bull bus because he puts, I think, two of his characters in, in the bull unit, the bruiser and the butcher. And then I went into the bull unit with my long beards and moved up my slayers up into the to the flank region, knowing that if when I charged him with the long beards, I, sh I would probably hold the first turn, and set, and probably hold the second time as well, and then I'd have the slayers in the flank after that. And then from I think turn four onwards, he had I had a, t a turn of really good dice. He had a turn of really bad dice. And um, I think that by the end of it, all he had left at that about turn five was just his bulls. Uh, the warriors managed to hit the lead belches, break them, and run them down. Um, I one-shotted the iron blaster with the cannon after he just rolled a, a one to fail to wound it, having shot it with his iron blaster. Um, I dropped a, a rock on his fire belly and killed him in in one one go, all in the same turn. Um, That's a so positive turn. That is a it was a really positive <laughs> turn. I really was not expecting something like that. That's one of um, those bits where it's like before I was doing all right, then after now I've lost. Yeah, <laughs> and his and his man eaters went into the front of my hammerers and uh, completely whiffed, and I think killed five, um, and then I killed three outright on the return attacks. Uh, ran them down, and then that put me in the flank of his, his iron guts and, and bull bus as well. So, um, yeah, it all went horribly, horribly wrong on that turn. And then after that, it was just a case of mopping up, really. What was your yeah. secret objective? I can't actually remember that one. Um, I think it was stop his units from entering my deployment zone. I think I got that one. Um, which I achieved because I took everything off. But uh, yeah, I think it was that one. So you prevented them by from entering your deployment zone by killing them all. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a, a quite a good way of doing it. <laughs> well, I think it's, it's a very thorough way of doing it. way of doing it, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought that uh, it would come down to combat. I mean, the game was one in combat, not shooting. Um he had a couple of good rounds with the, the lead belches, and then I think once they got close, he was, he was taking off five, six dwarves a turn with it, which was, uh, he halved my slayer unit with it. Um, but once my warriors managed to get in, they'd only lost five or six at that point. I knew I was, uh, I could probably break them on the charge. Did you find the scenario with it being a meeting engagement have a, an impact on the game, Steve? Uh, it didn't affect me because I didn't roll a single one, but I know his man-eaters, I think the fire belly and the iron blaster didn't turn up for, for Liam. The iron blaster wasn't a problem. 
it just it meant that I think I went first anyway, so it just meant it couldn't get shot for the first turn, and then it just came on and and shot stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the the man eaters didn't help too much, although the way they performed in combat then. Who knows what what they would have done, but yeah, I think he needed to have a good stern word with them before the next game. But after we were talking and uh, we were just discussing scores, and I think we all had around the same sort of middle, middle, middling scores, and he just went, "Yeah, nineteen-one." <laughs> like, oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry to bring that up. Yeah, it ended up nineteen-one. I was, I think, I was one or two victory points away from a, a twenty-nil. So, yeah, I achieved my objective. I don't think Liam achieved his. And uh, oddly enough, I think a lot of people chose kill the general or kill the hero's objective against me, given that I had a single master engineer. But um, he managed to survive all three games. So. It's counterintuitive. Engineers know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. They know how to take the make the most out of hiding behind cannons and things. Did anything go badly wrong, or was it all just a few, a few losses and then the dice sorted it all out? Yeah, well, as I say, the dice were in Liam's favour the first few turns. I think when the Iron Blaster came on, I tried to shoot it with the cannon and the grudge thrower, and I think the cannon rolled a one to wound on the Iron Blaster. That turn, I think the grudge thrower took two or three wounds off it. Um, but, but yeah, the dice weren't—they weren't great, but they weren't too bad in the first few turns. It was just that that middle turn when everything went well and everything went badly for Liam, and it was just one of those scenarios where it was very hard to recover from that that kind of swing. Um, so yeah, I don't think, to be honest, I don't think I would have done much different had I been Liam. It was just. Um, I, I think I, I managed to sneak that game because I had more chaff, so I was able to dictate when I could charge in and get the plus one strength, which helped. Well, that's a strong start. Yeah, they're, they're, people always underestimate them in um, in combat, and they just they just never let you down. No, I mean the the long beards against uh, bulls when when they're charging, you don't get a loads of attacks, but they're hitting on threes and wounding on threes, and it's only up against you know the um, the parry save at that point and they're hitting on fours and wounding on fours and you're getting a, a five up and a six up against it so um quite easy to at least win those kind of combats i, I did concentrate on the iron guts to start off with because i thought that was the one unit that could really do some damage but once i'd got them down to three i knew that there wasn't going to be enough attacks coming back my way to really uh, do enough damage on a unit and not get broken, um, unless they rolled, you know, unless they rolled really, really well for that particular unit. As it turned out, he didn't. No, well, the I think the iron guts were kind of the uh, the unwitting repos- the unwitting losers of the uh, the completeness of failure of the man eaters. So after the hammers went through them and overran, then uh, they were in the flank of the iron gut unit. Or what remained of the iron gun units, they didn't really have a chance. Um, and and Liam was unlucky. The fact that I think I had two hammers left by the end in that unit, which 
two more dead dwarfs would have gained him another what, 350 points or something. Yeah, that, that's is, sort of thing just always frustrating, isn't it? The it end. is very it frustrating, is, yeah. yeah. I, I do quite like the rule where, you know, if you kill over 50% or 75% or whatever, you get half the points. Yeah, it's 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 one of those old rules from sixth, isn't it? That did carry over quite into certain comps back in like sort of back in the day, which I'm with you are like if you get a unit down to sort of twenty five percent or it's fleeing, you get half victory points. It's just one of those one of those things I, I, I like to mitigate the fact that yeah, one or two people can hold like hundreds of points. Yeah, and it gives a more realistic reflection of how the battle actually went you know because i've i've i know in the past i've won quite big sometimes and i've only had like two or three people in each unit but because they're not dead i've essentially not lost anything um yeah and my opponent has lost whole units brett's are especially very good at doing that um they tend to play msu brett's and i often have like one or two or three knights left in a unit but they're still alive and they're off in a corner somewhere because they've hit and broken I've been broken, sorry, but escaped the rundown. And um, so you, you, it's very hard to give up points if you do that. So that was a 19-1 victory. It was, yeah, quite surprising. So that's a pretty good start. I yes, think. I was very happy with that start, yeah. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, my my first game was was the first game against Dwarfs. Um, I, played, I played Darren with his Dwarf list. Um, Big block of Slayers, um, big block of Thunderers, I think, a cannon, a grudge thrower, a gyrocopter, BSB Thane, and I think his general was an engineer. Um, he also had a, a dragon slayer, I think it is, the, the, the slayer hero character. So so like Steve's like quite quite character heavy relatively for the for the for the points value. Um I wanna say, I wanna say there was something else. Oh an organ gun. Uh, I think there's another unit in there, but for the life of us I can't think what it was, but I, I may be wrong. Um Meet and engagement, to be fair, works very like very well in my favour. Truth be told, the cannon didn't come on turn one. And uh, oh, he had a block of dwarf warriors. Uh, they also didn't come on turn one. Um, also, the beauty of meeting engagement was that I could I could start uh, really really aggressively with my Kadai and Iron Demon, and just put them right at the like right in, uh, as far forward as I I could. So it's only I, twelve inches away from their deployment it, zone. It, oh, sorry, it, yeah. Since he kind of castled in one corner, I was on the other corner castled away as well um, with the exception of my Kadai and Iron Demon which were sort of smack bang right on the uh, the line 12 inches away from his deployment zone to get really aggressive really quick um, and that to be honest that kind of, that's kind of how the game went truth told uh, I went first took off one of his war machines with, my death, with the Death Shrieker um Eventually, me hobgoblin Khan got all the way around the back uh, and managed to take off the grudge thrower. Um, no, so anyway, he was he was an absolute star taking out um, artillery with his his three strength five attacks. He was a, he was a hero, and obviously striking before dwarfs was is a given. What did he have as a weapon? 
uh, sort of mate. So he's oh, right. five. The, the guy's a hero. Um, quite literally. Uh, otherwise, I mean the the actual. The, I mean the massive MVP on game one. To be honest, was the was the Kadai. Um, he managed to bypass the Slayers and sort of single hand. I think he took out the Thunderers, the Dwarf Block, the Organ Gun, um, and the Runesmith or Engineer, whatever, whatever uh, Engineer he was. He was he was an absolute an absolute star, and unfortunately for for Darren, who had genuinely horrendous dice rolls, his Slayer block failed to kill my Iron Demon, which is stunning because all of the odds should be in their favour. Um, my on my last his last turn, sorry my last second last turn, whatever it was, I managed to. Have, Kill the entire Slayer block with the, the end of them with my Iron Demon after a long slog, and then the Iron Demon gunned down his BSP in my last turn, which was just um, brutal. Um, by the end of it, he had his Grudge Thrower, and I think that was not the Grudge Thrower, sorry, the, the helicopter left on the table and possibly he's dragon slayer um and it was a it started off with a 20 nil which was you know, obviously a strong start thank you you achieved your objective then yeah mine was to not lose any of my core units um and my core units didn't do anything all game didn't move didn't didn't kill anything didn't lose a model um they literally might as well have not been there, and I could have just played with four models, essentially. Could have played with the Kadai, the Iron Demon, the Death Shrieker, and the Hobgoblin Hero. Everything else was sort of surplus requirements, and the only thing I lost in the game was the, Hob- the Hobgoblin Wolf Rider unit of five. How many points is that worth? Oh, let's check. Not many. 70 points. 70 points given up uh otherwise it yeah th- like quite generally things went in my favor i didn't fail a single toughness test for the kadai um he didn't kill the iron demon which genuinely i was i was expecting to lose uh, yeah it, everything that could have went well for me went well for me and and everything that could have went poorly for darren unfortunately went poorly for him it was a really fun game um like we, we both had an absolute blast um Sort of, we had a real good, a real giggle. At, at one point, Darren was, we were, we were laughing, and he was like, "I'm, I'm laughing on the outside, but you know, on the inside, I'm crying." But it was, it was an absolute, it was, a, it was a very good game. He was a very fun opponent. Um, but yeah, everything that could have went well for me did, and unfortunately, the opposite was true for him. I had a great game playing Darren. Uh, I think one of Graham's tournaments a few years ago, and he was playing Ogres and just. Every, all our wizards were blowing up and crazy stuff was happening. Like this is the most bizarre game of Warhammer I've ever had. So that was. Uh, I'm glad he's carrying on the uh, the tradition. Yeah, no, it was it was a good game. He's 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 a he's a fun opponent. Um, he doesn't play a lot of Warhammer, to be fair to him. Um, I know he plays a lot more Kings of War and and 40k, I think. But it was great that he he was at the event and um, it was it was good. It was good fun. Did you say you 
Khan killed most, if not all, of his artillery? The Khan killed at least the grudge thrower and the cannon, I think. So I don't think Midestrik actually killed anything other than a gyro bomber. Or, or, or not any, I don't think any it, war machines must have done anything, as memory serves. Actually, it's the Khan killed two bits of two bits of artillery. And when you've got rid of that, the the army's ability to reach out and damage stuff is just gone. Yeah, and like so because of the because of the, the the scenario, it did let us have my Iron Demon and Kadai right right where I wanted them, pretty much, which was in his face, aggressive, um and like thankfully because his cannon didn't come on until Obviously, his turn one, which meant I got a full turn of it not not killing me Kadai. Um, the Kadai was in combat before he could get shot, and then after that, he just started churning through dwarf units with nothing that could actually really kill him. So, is any the most important moments of the game, or anything particularly memorable? Oh, yeah, Darren's Darren had I think four slayers left in his turn five. To kill the Iron Demon, which had one wound left, he either missed with them all, or then failed to wound with them all. I then thunder stomped them all to death. He then failed to hit or wound with all of the kill and blow attacks. Um, as that unit was wiped out, the Iron Demon then shot and killed his BSP. I think that was probably the, the most hilarious thing that happened all game. It's like insult to injury, that isn't it? Yeah, well, so you could you just couldn't have made it up, and that's why I say when his dice were poor, like they were really poor because the Iron Demon should have died. Um, he finished the game on one wound, and then they say that insult injury killed his killed his BSB, which yeah, I should feel bad about, but it still makes us smile. Yeah. Aggressive player. Well, you know, I, I played that first game aggressively, and it went really well. I was less aggressive as the day got on, um, which which didn't work out as well for us, sadly. More on that later. Anything, Steve? Any critique of uh, Scott's super aggressive early start? No, I think it's it's the way to play Chaos Dwarfs, and I, th- I think half the army of Chaos Dwarfs is is really fast and aggressive, and the other half barely moves and shoots. But uh, yeah, I was, uh, I'm in with Scott on the, the Slayers. Really should have polished off that That's Iron still, Demon. I felt really bad for him. The worst it's thing good. about um, the 20 0 win was the fact that in game two I had to play Steve. Yeah, they were the two highest scores, weren't they? Because I certainly didn't get a 20 0. We weren't on table one, though. We weren't, we weren't the top two. No, table two. It was table one. Was it Alan and. Alan and Andy, I think, were table one. They yeah, were they were. 20 right, yeah. 0, I think, Andy, as well. Yeah. So. Well, my first game was appropriate enough against the Dark Elves. So at that point, I realized this is going to be quite tough because historically, uh, Dark Elves have the advantage against High Elves in that the way the rules interact, ASF cancels each other out, but they get hatred rerolls anyway. And they can reroll the wound. And we're not very tough anyway. So I'm just getting my excuses in at the start. So. Dark Elf player had um, a unit of Blackguard, uh, a Peter Bolt Thrower, uh, a Horde of Witch Elves, a Charybdis, a Hydra, a Cold One Chariot, Dark Shards, some Shades, a Master on a Dark Pegasus, and a Sorceress, and five 
Doomfire Warlocks. And um, we rolled off uh, for an engagement. My Silverhelms didn't come on, and his Blackguard and his Repeater Bolt Thrower didn't come on. So the way we divided the table up, I was sort of, I put my archers at the back behind a marsh, thinking that'll protect it. Uh, and because I'd won the roll off, um, I was, because like, it's a, it's, you've only got a roll of six to see as the initiative. So there's a 99% chance that I was going first. That's how the statistics match up, as I understand it. So I deployed as if I've got the first turn nailed on. There's literally a 1% chance of him rolling a six. That's how it works. So I put the White Lions and the Phoenix Guard um, forward either side of the marsh with the idea that they can point at whatever, however he deploys, they can point at something and is quite far up, sort of in Scott's aggressive model, just like that. The Phoenix, I put the one side. Of the, the Phoenix Guard were on the left next to a, a bit of terrain, a, an empty building. The Phoenix was to the left of that uh, with the idea that I get that as close up as possible. So if it can get an early charge off on something, um, it's only got a 12 inch charge to make if anything's in, in range. If not, it can fly up and over and into the backfield and, and pick a target later on. Um, Silhelms went on. The uh, Reavers went on the right to sort of, I don't know. It's hard when you're going first, it's hard to, because you haven't got the advantage of knowing where it's not what I, I go, you go, you've got to deploy the whole army. So it was trying to sort of work out where's where they might go, where the opponent might put things and where they're most useful if I can get them around again. So the Reavers went out somewhere on the, the right. Um, he counter deployed, he put his chariot, Charybdis and Hydra opposite the Phoenix guard and the Phoenix. Um, he put his, Doomfire Warlocks on my left, right at the back. And then on my extreme right, he put the big block of Witch Elves, the, oh, sorry, he had a unit of Harpies as well. He put Harpies in front of them. He put the Shades and, no, he put the Dark Shards behind them. He put his General Sorceress behind them. Um, and then he put the Pegasus uh, Hero at the front, like as close as to the line as, as you could get. I put my uh, Shadow Warriors behind his Sorceress because I thought, hang on, there's there's a 12 inch gap here. I can just shoot her and hopefully get the, the general straight away. So he put his shades behind my Shadow Warriors to shoot them. So I thought, this is great. I'm in a good position here. Um, I'll charge the chariot with the Phoenix because that's a reasonable charge. I'll shoot the general in turn one. I'll move the Phoenix Guard up to support the phoenix um and the only thing i didn't like the look of was the witch elves were nearest to the white lions i didn't like that fight so i'll worry about that later i can shoot them with the archers and then he rolled a six to go first like well that plan has just gone completely out the window uh, which was quite disappointing so in the first turn i think his carib discharged my phoenix what do you call them the warlocks sort of they vanguard then they move round to so they cast I think it was Soul Blight on the Phoenix to make it weaker. The Witch Elves sort of moved round towards the Phoenix Guard. The Harpies moved around to threaten them as well. His scouts shot at my scouts. His law is um Hero on Pegasus charged the Reavers and 
killed them. Um, so it's like, this is bad. I'm, uh, I'm penned in already. So as the battle developed, the witch elves charged into the white lions that this is really bad. Um, they're not really built for that. The Phoenix took about two turns to kill the Charybdis and the Phoenix guard ended up, I don't know if they charged or they got charged by the Hydra and then eventually the cold one chariot. And that was a grind as well. But it sort of turned around a bit because the wizard managed to cast um, Orion's Thunderbolt. The spells I got were Orion's Thunderbolt and uh, Harmonic Convergence. So they managed to get Orion's Thunderbolt off twice on the Pegasus character and killed him because he had a three up, they had a two up, uh, four up, two up armor save, four up ward save. So he's quite hard to kill. So I was glad I got rid of him. The White Lions didn't get minced by the um witch elves somehow um they made a lot of their five up armor saves quite a few times and by this time the phoenix had killed the charybdis and re-angled and then made a charge into the flank of the witch elves so uh, this is going better they've lost always strikes first um they're minus one strength uh they're going initiative order but the re-rolls and that aren't coming off and that's that was really putting the pressure on the white lions all the re-rolling with hatred and stuff like that so they got thinned out i'd lost i think uh, half of the white lion block and then at that point i'd won combat however he rolled a double one for which he needed to stay on like the, the second or third round like right well that's them penned, penned in place for another turn um meanwhile the Doomfire Warlocks had come back and eventually decided to charge the rear of the archers. And I thought, well, archers are usually, they generally do something out, outrageously good in any battle they're in. So I thought they'll be fine. And sure enough, they killed all of the um, Doomfire Warlocks. So eventually the Phoenix Guard killed the Hydra and the chariot fled. The Phoenix Guard overrun to run down the Hydra, and unfortunately that catapulted them right into the full unit of Blackguard, which had just come on. So like, they're dead. They're not going to survive that. They actually won one round of combat and then were chopped up. Um, so the Witch Elves are gone. The most of the, well, the two big monsters are dead. The Chariot's gone. Blackguard I can't get rid of. And then I made what is probably the biggest mistake of the game, as I thought the Phoenix could probably, um, I wonder if it can take on that unit of Blackguard. And I think at this point it had two wounds left. So I shouldn't have charged it because that's worth 240 points. But I made the mistake of charging the Blackguard, which two turns later had killed the Phoenix. Um, I thought, well, that's just gifting 240 points right there. Um, but at the end, after everything was counted up, all I had left was the archer unit with the wizard in it, and that was it. And all he had left was the chariot. Um, oh, that's right. Sorry, yeah. The fact I forgot to bring my silver helms on in turn one, but because all of his units were sort of coming round onto my right flank, including his mage, who'd gone past towards into the side of the past the white lions almost towards the archers 
because I forgot to bring the silver helms on, I brought them in on turn two, which meant they could get a charge or they could threaten to charge the wizard. So he had to focus all of his shooting on the silver helms. So they died, but that gave the white lions time to kill the witch elves, turn around and charge the wizard. So I got the points for the general as well. So at the end, it was a dead tie on 10-10, but I had picked the um, Blood and Glory secret objective and I'd managed to break him and I wasn't broken. So I actually won 13-7 and it was a right grind and it felt exactly like what a high elf versus dark elf battle should be. It, it sounds like a grind, uh, to be fair. And it also sounds like your warrior, your archers were once again your MVPs as they normally are. They always are. They always do something ludicrously good. Um, they don't, do they? Never no. Charged in the rear by Doomfight Warlocks. Like, don't worry about it. Reform, kill them all. What's next? <laughs> it sounds like a, a, a good game, but a, a real slog. I was, I was saying to uh, yeah, I was saying to the guy. Um, you can tell how well the game's going by how many or few pictures I take. So there wasn't many because I was thinking I was under pressure from the from the roll. The first time he rolled that six, I felt I'm on the back foot now, and it never it never let up. I mean, just for 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 the listeners, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure that rolling a six is actually. Only a one percent chance. It is. Just of course, it is. Reference player, this is it's a one percent chance. It shouldn't happen. Well, if it if it's a one a million chance, according to Terry Pratchett, you know it's almost a given, isn't it? Really, one a million happens nine times out of ten. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that was it. Was a good game, and I think a draw was the more appropriate score for the fact that everything was dead. It was the standards. You know, um, time of Calador and Tethlis, where everybody dies. It was like that. I think it's also a good example of how the special secret missions impacted the the result of a game. Hundred percent. That six point swing, yeah, thirteen seven as opposed to a ten ten. Um, but like the the theme of certainly the most of the games on the day is I make a massive mistake or something goes badly wrong. And I'm scrambling, trying to fix it uh, to varying results. Um, but when that witch elf unit passed its double one, I thought, for fuck's sake, how? That, that shouldn't happen. That's like a one in, what, one million chance? Two million? Double one when you need it? I mean, if nothing else, everyone knows that your, your math is definitely a strong point. But I don't do math, Hammer. The, the, the white lions end up getting shot to death, appropriately enough. And like, I'm r- rapidly running out of units, and he was running out of units. And like, what is left? And we're still going for it. But it was an enjoyable game. Well, it was a, yeah, that sounds bad that it wasn't enjoyable. It was enjoyable, but it was, I had to think, and I was felt under pressure for the whole thing. I think they're the games I enjoy the most, to be honest. Yeah, you well, you just really you, think. And... Well, it's not just point and click. Yeah, yeah. But he had, yeah. he had them. Sorry, go on. No, no, I was, I was just sorry. I was, just, I was essentially just agreeing to say that those games are just some of the the most enjoyable ones for sure. 
But for my incident of the game, it's the archers killing the uh, Doomfire Warlocks. And my stupid decision of the game award was trying to kill. I was got greedy. I thought, there's some more points. Um, the Phoenix can probably do it. And he took like three wounds in the first turn. That, that was a big mistake. But what can you do? We've got to go for it because they're you know, traitors to the true Phoenix, line of Phoenix Kings. So you can't just say I, I want to preserve points. You've got to you've got to get rid of them. Or followers of the rightful Phoenix King, some might say. Well, nobody listens to them, do they? I'm surprised you're invited back on with comments like that, Scott. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> makes those comments. If I had to ban people for making comments like that, I'd have no guests at all. Uh, so yeah, so that's that, um, and that put me on table. Oh, can't even remember now. I think it was table f- one, two, three, four. I think it was table five. The next game playing Graham. Oh, was he Slanesh Warrior list? Yes. Yeah. So I can I can do that one if you want, or if, you, if someone else wants to do game two. Well, our game two is. Our oh yeah, go on. Two. You you actually fought yeah. each other, didn't you? So go go. <laughs> we get we can get the uh, the stereo version of this. <laughs> well, well, for a starter. I just want to open up to say I, def- I can play it to Shane because <laughs> the bloody scenario, every time I play this scenario, it just inherently upsets us. <laughs> yeah, I was actually at the back of the room when the draw was being announced and I didn't hear it. I just heard Scott say, oh no. <laughs> I thought, oh right, he's got me then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just for, for background as well. So I, I, I keep in touch with my wife during the event, sort of after each game, sort of just tech. Text her, etc. Before game two, I text her and went, Oh no, I've got Steve. She's like, Oh, that's who you said you didn't want to play. I was like, I know that. You don't need to remind us. <laughs> so, was it um, the list you didn't want to play, or just the fact that it's Steve you didn't <laughs> want to play? Oh, no, not, not the list. It was more. Well, Steve and I obviously chat about lists a lot, etc. We'll be trying to get more games in and whatnot. So it's nice, obviously one. It's nice with other people too. Uh, I mean, I, I have a losing record against Steve, and I didn't want to continue that trend, which I did continue that trend. Just you know, spoilers. Spot. Yeah. <laughs> so this was um, Dawn Attack, wasn't it? Which is the random deployment one. Yes, it was, and I, I should say at the outset that um, the deployment. <laughs> Seriously favoured me and really hampered Scott. <laughs> it was it was horrendous. Um, what was it? Go on. Then. What was? Uh, how did you end up deployed? Well, it basically bunkered me in the right hand corner. I either rolled centre or right for everything. Nothing was on the left. I had basically castled up in a corner on the right hand side, and two main threats. Scott's main threats, the Kadai and the Iron Demon, were on the opposite corner of the board <laughs> as far away as you could possibly get them. So it was like, well, that's three turns before they even get close to my lines. Um, so, yes, and as, as Scott has alluded to previously, normal dwarf lists outshoot Chaos Dwarf lists just from um, the damage dealers because Chaos Dwarfs are very good at D3 multiple wounds, lower strength kind of template um but dwarves are, are just slightly better at taking things off with their cannons and grudge throwers so um i knew i could probably take off his war machines before he could take mine off 
and then I could turn around and deal with the threats that were coming from the other side of the board. So I must admit, after deployment, I thought it favoured me heavily just on the way the dice fell on the deployment, um, which was uh, very lucky for me and very unfortunate for Scott, which put him right up against it from before a dice had been rolled in anger, I suppose. And how did that feel, Scott, on the other side? Oh, to be honest, everything was getting set up, and I'd let that those two things were the last things I rolled for. Um, were they the last things I rolled for, Steve? Either way, the, when one of them landed on there, I think it was the Kadai first, we we, we started laughing about it. Yeah. And then, yeah. then we said, ah, it'd be perfect if you could roll that again for your Iron Demon, or whichever way around it was. And then I did. I was like, oh, you son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> um... And then, I, unfortunately, Steve got first turn and um, killed my cannon, killed my Death Freaker, which was the only threat I had to take off any of his war machines. Or more, I mean, irrelevant the other war machines, mainly the cannon, um, to then try to save my Kadai's life uh, to get him out from hiding behind a building, which is where he started. Unfortunately, that that didn't happen. So my Deshrika died, and then once the Katai got round, Steve even had the the spare turn to move his cannon before shooting it. <laughs> three, which is just, it was like that's a, just an insult. That <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, because I, I had a building in between where the cannon was, because where I'd rolled it, it had to go either behind the building or to the side of the building. I put it to the side so I could shoot across most of the board but where the Kadai was it was hunking around that building so I had to move it around the building so I could shoot past it so I had to, yeah I had to spend a time moving the cannon and I had that much spare time <laughs> to leg it around that I could do that that's how far, that's how far away the Kadai was from everything else <laughs> just uh, don't need to shoot this turn no it's no, beneath can, me yeah. just take the turn off for like I can have another have another round yeah. <laughs> oh yeah and I could uh and I did, uh, sportingly, I felt, uh, destroy my grudge through, I think, the first turn. No, I mean, to be honest, I, I appreciated it. Um, yeah, I thought it was only fair as I'd shut your, your, yeah. your rocket off. I thought, I'll, I'll swap it for the grudge throw. They're going to go for a few beers. They're yeah. friends, really. Were your combat blocks f facing each other, or was everything in the opposite corners? No, no, I, m most of my stuff was in the like, centre to the left. So relatively across from one another, with the exception of my two main threats, which were miles away on the right-hand side of the board. Did the Kadai actually get across the board? No, 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 don't be ridiculous. He got cannoned off the board in, turn, in Steve's turn three. Yeah, because he came within range of an organ gun and the cannon. Organ gun only so, took one wound off him. And then yeah. the cannon was like, hold on, boys, I've got this. Yeah, we'll be they'd, packed, they'd packed enough powder from having to just shift it around the building the yeah. previous turn. So it meant we unfortunately didn't get to see how a Kadai faces versus a block of Slayers, um, which is a shame, obviously. And I fancy the Kadai's chances against that rather than facing down a cannonball. Well, yeah, but, the evidence backs that up. Yeah, but what was also proven was that the a block of slayers, and certainly combine them with a block of hammers is comfortably enough to deal with a iron demon. That yep. bite it as well. It oh yeah, it got 
it got murdered in combat off two blocks of great weapon wielding dwarfs. Because dwarfs always the slayers always wound on a four, so the toughness eight was negated largely. Oh dear. Yeah, to be honest, the, the Iron Demon was. I've been relatively okay as it was grinding down the Hamras just because it, it was still sixes to wound. So yeah, it, I was only taking a wound off the turn, I think, with the Hamras. Was, yeah, and then I was just happily sort of thunder stomping them away. Uh, Iron Demon's unbreakable. It was. Like it was. It would have been a relatively close call who would eventually win the grind, but I think it was probably been the Iron Demon's favour. Yeah, yeah, it definitely would have been. Um, but then the Slayers came in and were having absolutely none of my bollocks. And I'd obviously heard stories in the in the Book of Grudges about what what Darren Slayers had not managed to achieve, so went in there and absolutely showed me Iron Demon how it was supposed to be done. What were your... Um... Uh, Infernal Guard and that doing at this point? Uh, nothing. Uh, staying out of range of the organ gun. Yes, yes. They didn't want to advance into the, my rune of accuracy engineer manned organ gun. Yeah, not fancy being hit with all of that gunfire that was hitting on a three, essentially killing on a three. So they went for self-preservation over the helping their friends. What, what, yeah. Yeah, and to be fair, once once things started relatively badly at fours, I went into like a bit of preservation mode. Um, I was going to ask: Is that more you're trying to keep the points rather than? I mean, not 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 wholly. Um, it was it would have just been the, the the chaos dwarf list. I had two units, and to move them forward into the organ gun without the organ gun having any alternative threat to have to think about would have just been relative suicide. It would have just been throwing points away. They would have never achieved anything in that matchup. So what happened after everything was killed then? Or is it just stand around and wait for the the timer to run out? I were close to setting... We got through all six turns. I think we were close to setting a record for six-turn game. Yeah, I mean, most of it was a combat between a gyrocopter and the magma cannon, where they just (laughs) basically refused to kill each other. I think there's yeah. about eight or ten, <laughs> eight rounds of combat, and yeah. I think did I killed I, one crew. Last Your last turn, the gyrocopter in combat, which I had to charge yeah. something into to finish it off. Yeah, you had to charge your block of uh, so fire glaives into it. The, the yeah. magma cannon was in combat from. Was it your turn too, Steve? It was in combat from. Yeah, it was. Yeah, turn two. Copter. Yeah, and it stayed locked in that combat for till turn six. <laughs> six. Of the magma cannon did absolutely nothing as well. It was not a good. Yeah, time. the copter didn't only killed one crew out of I don't know. Yeah, oh yes, I mean your. <laughs> I mean, rules for twenty strength four attacks and it killed one crew. <laughs> I would say it's uh, it's made its points back there. Then just disabling that for the entire game. Well, it oh, got yeah. to the stage where I preferred it to have lost and died like a cannon. Because <laughs> yeah. my cannon was sat there going, well, I've got nothing to shoot. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was crazy, that combat. It was just complete failure on both sides. I did manage to fail a lookout, sir, for me general at one point, I think, didn't I? Yes, you did, but you, you passed your ward save. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that wasn't a deliberate snipe shot either. It's just you presented your flank to my cannon. So I thought, yeah, I'll just send a cannonball down that. Or BSB. Um, well, I feel a little lookout, sir, anyway. One of one of them feel a lookout, sir. Uh, BSB, I think it might have been with hindsight. But the Wizards did nothing because nothing was in range for the entire game. So yeah, it's all blighted the, the copter a couple of times, but 
oh, still that's didn't right. do anything. Yeah, he still played the Dejirocopter. Um, but it was, a, I mean, it was a good game. I, I think it went the way we both were expecting it to go. Um, for the most part, of sort of how it played out, played out how we expected it to, and it, it, it finished on points as a twelve-eight. Um, but I failed. Yeah, I think so. I failed my objective, and and Steve succeeded on his. So we swung from a, a twelve-eight to a fifteen-five. What was another, was another example? Yeah, what was your objective? It's just out of interest. Oh well, I got lured in by uh, trying to kill Steve's character and failed miserably. <laughs> From across the board, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, obviously, I, I was, I was kind of hoping to get my um, Kadai in amongst these lines, uh, which obviously didn't happen. Or then have him soak in damage while me Iron Guard, uh, me dwarfs move forward with me caster in, and then try for a, a cheeky death snipe, which which also didn't happen. Right, it's a cun- cunning plan to try and lure people into trying to kill the unkillable master engineer. Well, I mean, he's always work, right at the back. I love it. What was uh, what was your objective, Steve? Uh, not to lose any of my core units because I thought they're probably not going to get into combat anyway. So I'll just keep them. Uh, they did play hopping and out the building for a while just to keep things interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, All I'm getting here is uh, I killed everything uh, that was in range, and then just ran out the clock with things to do. <laughs> well, by the time I'd I'd fought off his his chaff that was trying to hunt down my organ gun, so I had my core units trying to block off charge lanes with his nifty eighteen inch hobgoblin hero. By the time he had gone and. The Kadai and the Iron Demon were pretty much dealt with. That was like turn three or something. And if, even if I'd marched everything forward, I don't think I would have got much. I wouldn't no. have been able to be in charge range by the time I got there because dwarfs are only movement three. So it was kind of like, well, yeah, there's, there's, I can't, I can't reach you. He couldn't reach me. So it's, let's see who wins in, on the mighty gyrocopter <laughs> magma cannon fight. That's it. I mean, that was the the. The, the combat to end all combats. Yeah, I think we would still be rolling dice now, here, today, if uh, if it was not limited to six turns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but no, I, what, what it did show, which, and I, I, I liked, despite the fact that it went sort of not in my favour, was the power of achieving the the secret missions, which I think really gave this, this comp a a really interesting edge. Yeah, because it was something you really had to think about. Because you didn't just have three, I think you had five, didn't you? So you had to really think who you were playing, what your tactics were going to be, what was the likelihood of achieving one of those five. Um, and it made a diff- it's made a big difference in, in both my first two games. I'm not going to spoil it by saying if it made a difference in the last one or not. I'll wait till, till we get there. But uh, yeah, I really liked that. It kind of gave a little bit of an edge. I was saying at the time, I don't know who to support because I want the Chaos Dwarfs to win, but no offence, I wanted Scott to lose. <laughs> yeah, so I was morally tied there, but what to, who to support? But yeah, it was a, a fun game, um, given that Gop was very hampered before a dice had been rolled, just on the deployment. Um, 
It seems on the flat score before um, the objectives are added that it, for all the damage being done, it, what was it, 13-7, did you say? That was 12-8. 12-8, oh, yeah. So that's quite close still. To be fair, Steve only lost his um, the two helicopters, the bomber and the helicopter, um, and his grudge throw, which he kindly blew up just to give us a bit of a helping hand after how rude he'd been previously. Just trigger the self-destruct there out of sympathy. Um, I lost the Deshrika, uh, the Wolf Riders, the Hobgoblin Hero, the Kadai, and the Iron Demon. So the, the vast the, the vast majority of, of our armies essentially just sort of looked at one another from almost a, just a millimetre over 30 inches apart. That's how it is with dwarfs, though. It's just com combat comes a lot later, if at all. Yeah, it, it did highlight the problem with, with dwarfs and, and tournaments in that if you need to push for a 20 nil, it's very hard to do that with dwarfs. Because um, unless you've got I, well, either a full-on sort of vanguarding or scouting army that can really get close in quickly, or you've got a full-on gun line and you're, you're fairly confident of being able to shoot a lot of units off completely, um, if people don't want to come and engage, and it's very similar with Chaos Dwarfs as well, I think, if they don't want to come and engage you and just stand off, very hard to get that 20 nil, which you you need to, to do well in tournaments. Um, I think they're very good at getting solid wins in anything from sort of 13 7 to 17 3. Yeah, good I, at getting I'll those kind of wins. But if, if you need to push for bigger ones to try and get further up the the table, then um, it's it's very hard. It's harder with dwarves than a lot of other armies. Well, that uh, grudge was settled then in your second game. You can, write, you can score that one out. That's it. One-one in me, in me grudge, in me civil wars versus other dwarfs for the day. Yeah, vengeance was taken quite quickly on that one. It was very quickly. Yeah. Uh, well, my second game, as I mentioned before, was against Graham's uh, Slanesh Chaos uh, Warriors of Chaos Army. Um. Which I have played before, a version of it before when we we're practicing. So I sort of knew what was coming. Um, <clears throat> so this, the game, um, Dawn Attack, where you roll um, a dice, or one, one you deploy in the left, and a two you deploy in the right, three to five, it's in the middle, and six it's anywhere. So he run the roll off, so he rolled first. So on my left, he put his. Um, Oh, hang on, I'll, I'll tell you what he had first. He had um, a unit of Slaanesh Chaos Warriors. I think they're a unit of Chosen. I don't know Warriors that well. Um, he had a Chimera. He had a Hell Cannon. He had a unit of Forsaken. He had a unit of... Are they Seekers, they're called? The um, Slaanesh Cavalry. Hell Striders. Um, and in there, he had his Wizard. And he had a... Uh, a hero character in with the Chaos Warriors as well. Um, where am I? So, Chimera, um, Hellstriders, Cannon, Forsaken. Yeah, so on the opposite my left, he had the when he rolled for deployment, he got the Warriors and the Chosen pretty much next to each other. And then, more towards the middle, he had the Forsaken in a small line there. 
right at the back at the center he put the hell cannon and then the hell striders were also in the center um a bit in front of that and then he rolled for the chimera uh, all the way on opposite my right side so well that's interesting the, the chimera is nowhere near because i personally hate chimeras i think they're awful um anyone complaining about a phoenix just doesn't know anything about it when you compare it to a chimera because they again never failed their regen save um and they're, they're hor they've got that breath weapon which kills everything in my experience anyway so the only downside of them is their low leadership which will become important later on so my um when i rolled i got on the extreme left, I got the Phoenix Guard and the Phoenix together. So that's gone quite well. Uh, in the middle, I got the block of archers uh, and the reavers and the bolt thrower. And then all the way out on the right by themselves with the BSB was the unit of white lions. Um, so that was, I thought, bollocks. He's nowhere near where all the action is because everything was on the my on my left the phoenix guard the phoenix facing off against the chosen the warriors and the forsaken and in the middle um was like the fast cavalry you could support that oh sorry and the silver helms were in the center in front of the so I moved up in front of the repeater bolt thrower so that how are you going to get the white lions across the table to make a difference because the phoenix guard can as was discussing before they're good at holding but can they really take on a unit of warriors chosen, forsaken, hell striders whilst getting blasted by the cannon? As I assume that was what would happen. But right, we'll try and sort that out. So I lose the roll off to go first. So he moves these hell striders um, sort of in front of my archers. Um, the Chimera flies up sort of mid table. Um, the Forsaken charge my Phoenix and they make it. So he's in combat in turn one, so he's hamstrung there. And the Chosen sort of move up towards the Phoenix guard and the Warriors sort of tilt to go more towards the Phoenix in the middle. So in my turn one, I think it was my turn one, I make the genius decision to um, charge into the you know, Hellstriders with my block of archers. Uh, I don't know why I thought this was a great idea. My theory was they're always strikes first. The Hellstriders aren't that well armored. Um, I'm, if I, I'm likely to be steadfast. So even if I lose, I can pin them and either the Phoenix or the White Lions perhaps can get them the next turn. The combat doesn't go great. I don't kill enough Hellstriders to knock there to give me steadfast and him not to have steadfast. Uh, so I've lost by quite a lot, fail, and the archers and general and wizard are all killed. So uh, this is another one of something going catastrophically wrong at early game and having to recover from it for the rest of the game. So that was quite annoying, but I can't blame anyone but myself. Yeah. So I think, right, how am I going to get out of this? I've got to get the white lions across. I've now got no magic support. Um, so it was just a question of 
killing in order things that were a threat or that were the biggest threat. So the Chimera had moved to mid-table, so I thought I'll risk it with the Silver Helms to charge the Chimera and see if I can, if I can win by a point. It's only got leadership, whatever. Fortunately, they do. They, they manage to wound it a bit and they win combat and it breaks and they run it down. So they sort of moved up, overran it to head towards the cannon. The Hellstriders decide to come back on themselves and threaten the repeater bolt thrower. And in the meantime, he's casting, um, has it acquiescence or something on the Phoenix, which means it can only move random movement D6. So it's sort of knackered. It does kill the Forsaken, but it, it's now being, it, I can't point it, I can't get it to where I want it to go because it can't now fly it's only got d movement of d6 so that knackers him for a bit so luckily the white lions come around this building that was um on their flank and because he hits the peter bolt though with the hell striders and overruns but not far enough they are still in charge arc of the flank of the hell striders so the white lions make their charge in there, into their flank, by which time the Phoenix has killed the Forsaken, come off acquiescence, turned around, and it goes into the front of the Hellstriders. And that just blends them uh, into nothing, um, that combination. So with that, I've killed his uh, big unit fast cavalry and the wizard. So now we're even on um, magic. So I'm not getting bombarded with magic anymore. The White Lions um, then sort of move up toward the next target for them is going to be the Hell Cannon because it's the nearest one I can get them to. So the, the repeatable thrower and the Hell Cannon are sort of right at the back um, on opposite ends. So they start moving towards the uh, Hell Cannon. Meanwhile, I've got some what they're called uh, Shadow Warriors who don't really do anything. They just move towards the um, Hell Cannon. They don't really get involved in the battle. Um, sorry, I've made a mistake. At the start of the game, he charged his Forsaken into my Reavers, killed them and overran at the Phoenix. That's how he managed to do that. So that was unexpected. But anyway, so the Warriors are sort of trying to head towards the Phoenix before it, it charged the, um, the Hellstriders. So they've come apart there and the, he tries to angle it. So if the Phoenix Guard were to charge the Warriors, because the, the Warriors now have an exposed flank of the Phoenix Guard, but the Chosen are right behind them. So if the Phoenix Guard went in and don't manage to break them, they would get flanked immediately by the Chosen. But I think I'm running out of time here. Um, I've got to go into the side, whatever. I'll just trust that the Phoenix Guard can do it. Unfortunately, they do break the Warriors. They don't overrun them. Um, they do get away, but their pursuit move takes them out of the arc of the Chosen, which is really quite handy. By this time, I can get the Phoenix back to the left-hand side. They, the Warriors rally, the Phoenix Guard charge them again, and this time they... Do they kill them all? Yeah, I think they did. They, that's why they kill them. Um, but they also get charged from the back by the Chosen. At that point, I thought, well, I've lost the Phoenix Guard, but they don't actually die. They hold reform they make a load of ward saves um and by this point the white lions have killed the 
hell cannon. They've come across to where now where the Phoenix Guard are fighting the Chosen. And the, at this point, the Phoenix has also come across to help out. So in the end, um, he's got the Phoenix Guard in the front, the White Lions in the side, and the Phoenix in the back of his last unit. And that just finishes them all off. So in the end, there's nothing left of the chaos. Uh, and that, my objective was to kill all of his characters. So at the end, that was an 18-2. And I was exhausted after that. Was that, <clears throat> did you find that quite a taxing? Because I fucked up at the start and because of the way everything was deployed. Yes, it's like, right, there's about eight different problems here that you've got to solve and how the hell are you supposed to do it? And the way I managed to do it is by, you know, like spring, springboarding the white lions from one combat to the next to get them across the board. Um, and it worked out, but it easily couldn't have. It easily could have gone the other way. What, how did that, what was your, what was your secret mission? It was to kill all these characters. So that's why I was focusing on, um, I knew I had to kill that unit of Hellstriders because it's the mage and it's 50% of his characters. So pinning them down or capitalizing on, Graham said afterwards, yeah, he shouldn't have gone into that, the bolt thrower, um, because it held them there for one more turn and he didn't realize the white lines actually had an arc on them. Uh, so that helped me out and then heading back up towards the killed the hell cannon the hell cannon didn't do anything until i think the second to last turn where it killed like half the white lions but at that point it didn't really matter because the next turn it charged in um killed the hell cannon they turned around pointed towards what the only unit left which were already engaged with the pinned in by the phoenix guard and the phoenix and then that was the end so the white lions managed to get in the entire game from one side of the table all the way to the other side um but it was a good it was a good game and um i'm i wasn't sure i must have well how did that one finish then for you that was 18-2 including the objectives did graham i assume graham failed on his objective did he yes he didn't get his right I so can't, i can't remember what his was 15-5 so yeah 18-2 and that's because i lost that block of archers with the general in it. So there's 300 and odd points for that, 100 and something points to the character, plus 100 for the general. That was a big mistake. <laughs> you know, he just looked like, right, so the entire center of my army is now gone. I've just got like a right and a left and nothing attaching it in the middle. Nothing in between. Good work. Yeah, good hustle, guys. Good hustle. <laughs> it's like the Chimeras, though, like, I've got to kill him. I've got to kill him early on. So that's what the Silver Helms, that was lucky that. I suppose it's the same way that most people do with the Frost Phoenix, isn't it? It's one of those things that just gets targeted immediately. Yeah. And you can use that to your advantage, really, if you try to sneak things through while people are focused on the um, the big monsters. But the way it worked, it was like two different, it was two fights on the same board like there was the left hand side and the right hand side didn't have anything to do with each other until the very end of the game and the bsb was on the wrong side right. oh but i was quite pleased how i recovered from that because when he killed when he ran down you know you just get this sense of dread like 
you've, you've badly miscalculated, you're not steadfast, you're down by five points, you're going to fail. The BSB's miles away. Roll, yeah, dead. Roll, cut down, like, oh no. Horrible feeling that in the pit of your stomach, like you've made a massive mistake. Yeah. And uh, just on an aside worth sort of pointing out, Graham did, came tied with Nicky for, for nice, for best painted army. Uh, and it was a it was a lovely. Oh, his army's stunning, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, as yeah. always, armies always are. Yeah, and um, he's got customized heads and things for the chosen, and they're all like sort of pseudo Greeks and stuff. They're, they're really nice. Really deserve to be death dead by the hands of high elves. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't make excuses for that. It does sound like the White Lion's got a record for the amount of distance covered in one battle, mind. <laughs> yeah. I think they made, what was it? They needed something like a nine to get into the Hellstriders and they rolled a double six. Oh yeah, we're in. And then it was one turn. The one turn of the out of combat was where they got shot. And then, right, we're into the cannon. And now we've destroyed the cannon. We turn around. Now we're into the side of the um, uh, Chosen. Like, yeah, just catapult yourself across. But again, it, it, it's... I wasn't really, it's not really tactics as such. It's just relying on the the high elf elite infantry. The, the Phoenix Guard did what, the, the, they're all right. And hitting on the side. So there was no parry from the warriors and they're still three ranks deep So and they can still do some damage and not take some back. So they, they yeah, fair enough. You might be expected to win that. But it's just holding things. It's just being able to pin things in place until the, the big damage dealers can get there and they did it that they held if the phoenix guard had been killed it would have been a totally different story because i think they're one of the best units to do that of like pin things down phoenix guards like they're just such an excellent unit on the grind because of that four up ward yeah they just you can't get rid of them um if the odds are all right and just being hit, when I got hit in the back, I thought, well, they've done the job. You know, they've slowed this flank up enough. The White Lions are here now and the Phoenix is still alive. And like, no, we're, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> we're turning around. Like, oh, great. The Syrians uh, took notice of this one. But I felt, I felt bad for, well, not bad, but like, you know, when you, if, you, if you're ahead in the start of the game, like, yeah, I'm on top of this. And they're like, oh, no, everything's now going wrong. That's what it must have been like for Graham. Because you know, he capitalised on my mistake at the start. He was getting, he had magic superiority. Um, he reasonably thought that the White Lions couldn't get into the Seekers at that range, so Seekers, um, Hell Striders at that range. And I'm like, no, they can. <laughs> now they're going for the cannon. Oh, and... oh, spoke Grim a few times throughout the events, and he was just ri- not raging, but just infuriated with how rubbish these Hell Striders performed. Um, really nice models, and obviously they're painted fantastically but i think every game they just massively massively underperformed for them <laughs> they've only got some like a five up save haven't they they're not uh, yeah they're, they're really it's, really rubbish. It's, yeah it's just a unit of fast cav really that wants to fight but can't but all his um his use of magic was is exactly correct you know immobilize the phoenix charge into it with stuff you're not bothered about there's a turn where it's not doing what it wants to acquiescence so it can't you know it's not going to hit anything um which i was and then it's like which way do i point it do i point it this way or do i point it that way because 
six inches either way at maximum. It's not going to make that much of a difference. Mesh magic is excellent as yeah, well. Yeah, it's really, really good. And especially because I'm low leadership, any well, relatively low leadership, the general's dead. So it's all unit leadership. And the, oh. the banner is miles away. So Hold on a second. I mean, I appreciate Steve and I played dwarfs, but are you actually trying to claim that high elves you would classify as <clears throat> low leadership? I, know. I was, was going to say you should try playing a few tournaments as goblins. Yeah, was, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. You might want to try playing uh, a, 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 a game as just Empire. And well, just yeah, those or ogres, you know. Lower than what I'm used to. How about that? <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what. You high elf players. I, I, I took a leadership seven general to Cardiff when I went. Yes, you did. Yeah. All right, we're not don't have to show off about it. You know, I play the lowest leadership <laughs> army. I said low, but do you mean it goes lower than an eight? It doesn't understand. It was very weird having a leadership eight general. <laughs> leadership what? That's standard leadership, that isn't it? Spearman's leadership eight. But yeah, that was. Um, that was like a, a game in just pure damage limitation and recovery. And it worked out, but it, it so easily might not have. Yep. But once again, I assume of a very fun game to play, one would assume. It was for me. I, I don't think it was for Graham by the end. I mean, these things happen as well. I don't like it. At the end, it's, it's, it's a dice game. And dice are inevitably going to let you down at some point. I think this is more, I can't really complain about the dice. It's more making a big mistake and then having to recover from it. Right. And that cost me big because if I'd shot them, they wouldn't have been steadfast if they charged, probably. And I wouldn't have lost the general and I wouldn't have lost the big unit. And I'd be, I mean, this is wood of hammer, but maybe I would have been a 20 nil there. But there you go. That's not how it happened. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. <laughs> and it's and it's things like that you learn from and make you a better player. Exactly. There's the positive out of it. Scott always putting people down, right? See the Good Lord, that's what a what a rude thing to say. I'm nothing if not a man of positivity. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a veritable ray of sunshine. But yeah, that was that was quite a big win ish. And that put me on table two for the dramatic finale. So um I'm going to do mine game three now because it's it's a sad ending. So I don't want to talk about it very much. Get it out of the way. Get it out of <laughs> the way. Then you can enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah, and just sit back and relax. So game three, I was uh, paired off against um, another Warriors of Chaos Army, but this was... Uh, yeah, it was Barry's uh, Warriors, but these were multi-god ones. It wasn't like, just a mono-god. And uh, I think I overheard Shane say after, um, if I had a 20 nil this, I'd have won, which just made me depressed. <laughs> I was that close. Well, not that close, but it was, it was theoretically possible that I could have won the whole thing. It was a nasty list, was Barry's, to be fair. It was a, uh, it was a, a, a very nasty looking list at 2,000 points. Well, he was, he was a good player. Yeah. Well as well. But anyway, this is just pure battle line. So uh, most of the drops went on my right-hand side. So uh, the archers next to a building right at the back. The white lions were to the 
left of them. Then there was a bit of terrain, like a bill on the other side. That was the Phoenix Guard. Then sort of in the middle to the left were the Silver Helms and right on the left-hand side were the Reavers. Um, the Shadow Warriors were deployed um, on the opposite side of the board on my right-hand side and they just got ignored. I forgot all about them. And then he had, uh, it was a unit of Sunesh Chaos Warriors, a Gore Beast Chariot, um, not what they're called, they're not called Juggernauts, what they're called in the Warrior Skull crushers. Skull crushers. Skull crushers. So I had six skull crushers. Um, he had a. Skull crushers. Yeah, six of them. Oh. Um, yeah, that's just nasty. That's just <laughs> outrageous, isn't it? <laughs> Imagine taking strong units to it. What's he on about? Um, he had a chimera, which I hate. Uh, he had a. I've heard you say that. Uh, I occasionally bring it up. He had an undivided. Uh, character wizard thing with shadow. Uh, he had a unit of chaos trolls. I think six of them. Uh, what else did he have? And he had the um, BSB Zinch character on disc. Uh, so my thought is, well, the white lions will go opposite the uh, chaos ogres because they've got ban of eternal flame. They'll hit them. They'll go through them get to the Chaos Warriors behind them because that's where the magic is and where a lot of the points are, as I assume. That was my plan. Oh, he had a, yeah, he had a non-Gorby's chariot next to the Ogres. Um, so the Phoenix, he goes first. So yeah, so that, that gets the Phoenix gets charged by the chariot and that is another one of those battles that just goes on forever. I think it was two or three turns it was tied up there. Um, I can't make the charge into the trolls first because it's too long a charge. So they go in turn two uh, with the white lions. Um, the disco lord sort of flies into the mid table. So I thought, well, I'll take a point of this. I pretty much guess it's going to be the. Uh, Are you sure you had six skull crushers? I thought you had six. Unless you had five. Shall I check the photos? You check your photos. Sorry, yes, he did have five. Yeah, because six would have been wildly cheating, and I don't think that would have washed. No, no, he definitely had five. Sorry, my mistake. He did have five. Um, you can cut that yeah. bit out. Yeah, I'll, I'll edit that back out. So I'll just say five, and I'll edit that over the top every time I said six. <laughs> yeah, five, as I was always saying, five skull crushes. Um, where was I? So anyway, yeah, so the Disco Lord flies sort of in front of the Silver Helms. Um, so I thought... He's probably going to have this three-up re-rollable ward save, but I've had it before where people have just bluffed that. So I thought, well, I'll go for it. So I charged the Silver Helms into the front of him and the Reavers into the side. I thought, if you can kill this in with combat rays or whatever, great. Otherwise, these chaff units aren't really going to do much against this lift because it's all... It could hold up and stuff. I thought, whatever, I'll go for it. Um, the wing combat... I think the first round buddy holds uh, and they do a wound, which he then heals in the next turn from soul feeder or something like that. Oh, yes. Yeah. So he does have the three at re-rollable. Uh, so it's very impossible to wound that. Um, the jug, sorry, the skull crushers attempt to charge the Phoenix guard in the first, second turn and they fail the charge. But I thought, well, the Phoenix Guard are now sort of isolated, so they're either going to have to charge them or they're going to get charged themselves. So they charge in, 
And this is where I start to notice that they can wound reasonably enough, but minus one AP on a one-up armor save is not good enough. And the, the saves he was rolling, like I think I don't think the Phoenix guard did a wound in three rounds of combat because he oh. made every save. Like bloody hell! So anyway, the Chimera flies. Across. I thought the Chimera was gonna. I don't know what I thought it was going to do, but it, fl- it flew in front of the archers, sort of behind the white lions in front of the archers. Uh, it charged into them. Um, the did they win or were they? No, they were steadfast, so it didn't. It didn't do enough damage. Um, but in the next turn, he used the fiery breath, and they broke and ran. So the general's gone, and the uh, mage is gone. Oh, nice! Yeah, so that was a good move. Uh, the White Lions are trying to get into the Chaos Warriors because they've killed the Ogres. That's not a problem, one turn. Uh, they killed the Ogres. Um, sorry, Trolls, not Ogres. They killed the Chaos Trolls and they're sort of going towards the Chaos Warriors. He's backing off and he miscasts Miasma on them for the big version. So miscasts that, rolls a 3 for D3 to minus all stats. So they can't, they've got movement 2. And that charge becomes unlikely. And now I'm be weapon skill two. So I'll be hitting on fives, wounding on twos, and then in return, oh my initiative's down as well. So I wouldn't be going at the same time or first. So like this charge is becoming a lot more dangerous. He rolls a four for the uh miscast result, and only think five warriors die in dimensional cascade, and he doesn't go into the warp. And then he does the same thing again the next turn. So that the um, the white lions are like they can't move. Um, so in the meantime, the, the phoenix kills the chariot, I think, and then it gets ch- hit in the side by the uh, disco lord, who's killed all the uh, cavalry at this point because they was either do it on the first turn or it's not going to happen. And then it's just a grind. So the phoenix guard get ground down because they can't. Well, they can wound, but they keeps making the save. The white lions get enfeebling fold, and because I've got no magic defense anymore, uh, just enfeebling foe and miscast miasma. Um, so they're sort of going towards the uh, unit of warriors. The phoenix gets killed by the the lord on disc. So all that's left really is the White Lions and then they get hit by the Gorby's Chariot and the Warriors in one turn. And because they've got Miasma on them, um, they just can't hit and uh, they all die. And then I thought, oh, I've been tabled here, great. But as it turned out, I'd forgotten about the Shadow Warriors, so I wasn't tabled, so that's a moral victory. (laughs) That's a sneaky tactical play. Yeah. yeah you forget about them. Alive. And then your opponent yeah. says, oh, your Shadow Warriors are still here. Like, yeah. <laughs> that means I knew I that all along. <laughs> yeah. That was the long game I was playing. So all I managed to kill was, um, I think I killed one or two jugger- um What are they called? Skull Crushers. crushers. Uh, skull Crushers. I can never remember that. <laughs> one or two Skull Crushers and the unit of uh, Chaos Trolls and in return I lost everything apart from the Shadow Warriors but since the Shadow Warriors are the most important part of the army it, moral it wasn't victory. Yeah, moral victory 100% yeah yeah. 
they are the unit that's closest to dark elves after all so well they hate dark elves so they should survive <laughs> there's, a, there's a thin line between love and hate <laughs> becoming the thing you hate but i yeah i was destroyed but it was a good game and i learned i learned what the weaknesses it really exposed what the weaknesses of this build was and uh he's a really nice guy to play so and he was he, when he was making all these saves like i don't know what to tell you <laughs> yeah made all your saves again so i don't think i i hope i didn't come off as salty in the game because uh i didn't as much as you can enjoy watching your army get destroyed and everything you try and getting counterplayed which is you know it's good it's just good play getting that miscast on two miscasts on my asthma rolling the maximum three total magic domination getting field and foe off on the white lions so when they hit the yeah that was it when they hit the um Keras Warriors, they're only strength four. So they're only wounded on fours, uh, hitting on fours, wounded on fours, and then they weren't, get, they had halberds, so they weren't getting their armor saves. So it was the same back, but with no armor saves. And it was, yeah, it was, wasn't a happy end for the, for the high elves. Yeah, so he won, I lost. I can accept that. It's not as fun when you're getting crushed, but uh, that, that's the way it goes. <laughs> Really nice guy and a really good player, though. Really good, yeah. Really good player. He played his army so well, and because um, I, mean, I don't know if you say this is like a sop to people. said, "I don't think you did anything wrong. It's just, it's just the way it went. He, he got yeah. them two miscasts off, which were critical, um, and he played his army really well. And uh, as I was saying before, it, it exposed what was wrong with the army or what the weaknesses of the army were." So my my last game I played I played Damien, um, and his 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 Ogres list, which <laughs> lots of wild things happened in the game. To be to be honest, it was a, it was a really excellent game, um, and I sort of apologise for doing. I just sort of I seem to go a little bit dice blind um, halfway through the game where I just couldn't. Like he was rolling dice. <laughs> I just couldn't read what he was he was rolling. It was awful. Um, so again, apologies for that, but. We had quite a quite a wild game, to be honest. A real game of two halves, where it was, I made a couple of really glaring errors with hindsight, but a really good game. So we we started, and I must sort of throw the caveat that Chaos Dwarfs versus Ogres is a good matchup for Chaos Dwarfs because everything does multi wound. Um, what was he playing? He was playing Ogres. Ogres. Sorry, did I say Dwarfs? I can't remember. Ah, fine. So yeah, Ogres Chaos Dwarfs. It's a good matchup for Chaos Dwarfs uh, historically, and um, it started really well for for the Chaos Dwarfs overall. I um, it was one of the very few games where I actually cast a spell, so I managed to put Doom and Darkness on his uh, his his gut bus with his his general in. Um, so minus three LD, general only an LD seven anyway, so down to four. Um, I then proceeded to move the Iron Demon up and essentially wipe the unit out barring two and the general, which is a fire belly. Um obviously at LD four, even with a reroll he he ran and um I proceeded to run off the board, which was an incredible start to the game. Um, I hit the de- his Iron Blaster with my Death Shrieker, uh, bang on, roll the wound, 
wounds. Rolls. Oh no, it didn't wound. Apologies. I rolled a one to wound. So that was that was a sad thing. And it was even sadder when in the ogre turn one, because of a poor bit of deployment from myself, he not only killed my Destry guy in return, but I, for the second game in a row, failed a lookout, sir, and he killed my general. With one cannon shot, which which frankly, I suppose, after what I did to his general's unit in turn one, I really deserved. <laughs> we then had uh, the next two turns of just Chaos Dwarf domination, where I essentially killed everything barring his BSB and um, his... Unit 4, Mornfang. Um, but in his turn 2, I think essentially it was, he got his Mornfang into combat. They never got out of combat, um, so I couldn't shoot them, and they then proceeded to almost kill everything they touched, <laughs> which was just awful to watch and be part of, but we had a good laugh about it. It was fun. And... Um, his BSB with the Dragon Helm or Dragon Bane Gem over the course of four rounds of combat unfortunately killed my Kadai through through Unstable, doing one wound a turn. Um, and then beat I do them. remember him being very proud of that. He was very proud of it. I, thought, I think, to be fair, he had, a, he had a real good giggle at it because I just... He charged in with to the Kadai with his, his BSB and a couple of bulls. Kadai tore apart his bulls and then proceeded to have to get through a one-up a two-up ward save of it and flaming attacks whilst he managed to slowly kill the Kadai and I think it was my last turn or his last turn took it down to one wound and it just it crumbled, uh, lost combat so it was losing combat by one every turn so essentially lost for three turns taking one wound, one for combat res give or take or he was doing no wounds and it was taking one on combat res for being a BSB. Um, it was an incredibly brutal game. Um, like from where it was on turn three, it, it should have been a strong win for the Chaos Dwarfs. And for, uh, to be honest, um, I misplayed versus the Mornfang and Damien really sort of made us pay for it. Um, no excuses. Poor play by me, good and, and good sort of good play by him to get them in combat, keep them there. I also then, for some unbeknownst reason, uh, um, forgot that my Astalan BSB gives my Fireglaive unit stubborn, and I, I don't have any excuse for it other than an absolute moment of madness. And there, with that in mind, didn't take them into the Mornfang and. If I had have taken them in, I think they would have won the grind in the long run. But no, um, stupidly, I, I forgot that they weren't stubborn and thought, oh, they're just going to break, run off, uh, blah, blah, blah. But at the end, it was it was a really brutal match. Damien finished with just his Mornfang alive and his BSB on a unit of 10 Noblars. And I finished the game with the Iron Demon alive, BSB, and unit of... Kiosk Wolves, and it finished 10-10 um, a draw, we both failed or we both succeeded in our mission um, so it's, it stayed 10-10, it was just a, it was a really good way to end the day and the fact that it was a very fun game 
um, played in a really good, uh, like, ethic. Um, it swung one way, then the other. I think I generally thought, to be fair to Damien, he was he was ready to pack up after after three turns. Um, but he, he soldiered on, and uh, yeah, we got he got a draw at the game. It was it was, it was a hell of a game to finish on. Um, cost us any chance of finishing further up, um, which which was both a shame and I think, to be honest, sadly, what I deserve from misplaying um, a couple of a couple of things that I could have done. But a fun way to the end for sure. I'm I'm quite pleased with that game because afterwards he said, I no longer hate Phoenixes, I hate Iron Demons. Like, oh, it's about yeah. time your hatred was transferred. Yeah, MVP was, was Iron Demons. But again, like it's one of those matchups where it's just very, very good for them because Yeah. They're designed yeah, to kill Rogers. Yeah, it essentially hits on fives for the most part. Wounds on twos or threes versus some things. And then does D3 wounds. It, it's just perfect for killing orgas. And I don't think I roll less than an 8 on the artillery dice for numbers of shots. <laughs> Which was, yeah, was was a little bit outrageous, to be honest. But he got it back when he when I, he stopped us from shooting his Mournfang. So, Salavi. What was your secret objective? Mine was to, we, I took the Blood and Glory one to break right. him. Um, which I, I, I did sort of fairly comfortably in um, in the fact that he had his BSB left hand one unit. So he's bang on two by the end. I think Damien took not either not to have any of my units in his deployment at the end or to get one of his into mine. Um which he succeeded with the Mornfang or I didn't move my core forward. So he succeeded in that for sure. But it was one of those two um so it was a, a flat 10-10, very brutal, few silly mistakes, um, but a very pleasant way to end the day in that, in, in that regard. It was played in a good good spirit, and we had a, a good laugh. I would have taken 10-10 over what happened to me. So Yeah, like I say, with, with hindsight, I made a couple of genuine errors. I should have dealt with the Mournfang quicker because of the fastest threat. Uh, I should have not inexplicably forgotten that my BSB is stubborn, which like, there's just absolutely no um, no getting away from. It was just some stupid things on my behalf. Um, but it was a it was a very good game. More importantly, we we both we both enjoyed ourselves. Um, and afterwards, ten ten was a was a nice was a good way to finish because of the the spirit the game had been played in. Yeah, that's that's what it's about. It's, the victory is. Side matter to enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, it is. I mean, like, <laughs> no, I mean, don't get wrong, you're right. Like, number one, like, we're, we're, we're past the point where it's it's win at all costs nonsense. Like, it, it's not, that's not what it's all about. Winning's, winning's nice, obviously, and, like, everyone prefers winning. And then you want to say that don't is, is kidding themselves. Like it's obviously nicer to win than it is to lose, but or draw. But the more important thing is that you it it's it's fun. Like we we attend these events because we want to play Warhammer, and uh, you want to do that with an opponent that makes it worthwhile playing. Well said. See, ray of sunshine. I told you. 
Mr. Positive, you should get your own positivity uh, podcast going. I, I, you know, I, I think I've missed my calling as a motivational speaker. I know. If you'd have done that at the beginning of the pandemic, everyone would have been dancing in the streets. <laughs> I told Boris to chill out, and he took that as a... <laughs> uh, to have a yeah, party. took it a bit too far. Uh, well, well, this isn't a political <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so, yeah. That's how I finished. Um, I finished... Um, pretty much alongside Mark at uh, mid-table. I-, I was up at mid-table, unlike Mark, who was low on mid-table, just for clarity. So all that positivity's gone now, 30 <laughs> seconds after you were saying uh, it's not all about winning. Yeah, but yes, some, like, some people play elves, though, and frankly, they deserve everything that comes their way. Yeah, like I said at the time, I've got a two-at-ward save against uh, abuse. So Bad, the, bad people play high elves. Bad, the worst. bad people. You said dwarfs last time. You, Oh no, Steve's just a bad person. People yes. play high elves, yeah. bad people. Let's make the distinction here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes, I don't play high elves, I'm just person. bad generally. Yeah. yeah, Steve's bad as a bad person regardless of what, what he plays. Yeah. Well, anyway. Goblins and I'll be bad, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, plus 10 goblin list is somehow <laughs> defeated the Banner of the World Dragon Larian list. Uh, now that the uh, the ogres have got their vengeance against the Chaos Dwarfs, um, how did you do, Steve, in the, the final? Well, I had uh, Alan on table one, final game. We both won our games pretty big. Uh, he was ahead of me, I think, at points at that point. I think he's uh, 20 nilled, and he was a couple of points ahead of me. Um, he had another strong Warriors list. He had uh, a level two on, on a disc on metal. With the usual three at wards, re-rolling ones, blah blah blah. And then he had a, a BSB on a horse in use of Tzinch Knights with blasted standard. Um, a unit of corn, Albert Warriors, uh, a Chimera, obviously, because all Warriors players <laughs> have to take them. Um, he had a unit of three spell crushers, so not five. Definitely um, five. <laughs> And then uh, a Hell Cannon. And I think I'm missing something in core, but I can't remember what it is now. So I'm sure there was more than uh, just one warrior. Did he have a chariot? Yes, that was it. He had a chariot, yes. I think it was a corn chariot. So yeah, very much uh, a very, very strong, fast warriors list. So, uh, yeah, I was a little bit worried about it, um, to be honest. But uh, it went quite well. Um, I managed to get first turn. And within two turns, the Chimera was dead because the organ gun just pointed out and said, I want it dead. I approve. Um, organ gun. Love it. Yeah. Just uh, dead Chimera. Love it. Yeah. Uh, it's less important. Second turn, I did 10 wounds to it, and he passed. Oh. Eight regen saves, and it was only on two wounds. You see what I mean? You see what I mean? Eight out of ten for a four regen. And I was just like, we had to check the dice because I was like, has, it, has he actually saved enough wounds to still live after that? But no, he hadn't. Um, my grudge thrower helped out again by destroying itself turn one. I think is after that, the, fir- the is first. Is that some game. sort of tactic you're using to? Yeah, yeah, lull people into a full sense of security. That's what it is. I just go, oh, you see, I only need two. I'll just take that one off. 
Yeah, this one's just for yeah for a laugh. Yeah, that was just for show. I like the model. <laughs> it's not actually going to do anything. So yeah, that that blew itself up for the first time. In the, I'd like to work out the odds on that. <laughs> it's like rolling a one, then rolling a one, then rolling a one, then rolling a one. Um, hundred percent apparently in this. Yeah, movie. yeah. Oh, yeah. just rolling a six to steal someone's turn. Yeah, just so literally um, chance. I basically bunkered up in a corner, standard dwarf tactic, but I'd left my hammer as I bunkered up in the right corner, but I'd left my hammer as left to center. So basically anything that was coming down the flank either had to if it wanted to go towards my main lines, had to leave its flank open to the hammers. So that caused him Alan a few headaches. So then he had to divert stuff to deal with that. And then I think it all turned turn three, really. I'd I'd used my copter. He'd melted one copter from metal and I, I used my bomber to divert the crushers away so I could get a flank charge with the slayers. And they put, then beat them in combat and, just, and proceeded to chase them across the board until they hit the hell cannon. Um, and then... Uh, you copy my table too? Your game yeah, I, I did, yeah. I, I, saw, I thought I'd do some white line tactics with, with slayers this time. So they were happily legging across the board, chasing down the skull crushers. And uh, the knights that were facing off against my core blocks, and they probably could have chewed through them eventually. But uh, the organ gun, having freshly seen off a chimera, obviously packed itself full of uh, gunpowder and pointed itself at the knights, um, and unloaded a horrendous amount of shots. And then Alan said, oh, I've got the blasted standard, so on a two up, your strength's halved. But she then proceeded to roll a one. Oh. So, so in, instead of like 12 strength five hits on the unit, I had 12 strength 10 hits on the unit. Um, <laughs> so that was what was his expression? At that point? <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't really say. I can't, but, I can't uh, imagine he was very happy about no, that. No, no. So that's just it, upsetting. That was a, a massive piece of luck in my favour, and that just evaporated the unit and put a wound on the BSB that was in the unit. Uh, so the BSB then decided that discretion was the better part of valour in the face of such organ gunnery, and, <laughs> and ran off behind the hell cannon for a bit. Um, the hammers and the chariot uh, face, and the warriors faced off. I think he elected to charge with both, um, which I fled from, because I didn't fancy taking both of them in the face at the, at the same time at that point. And that gave me a chance to move around my warrior block. So if the hammer is then held the next time when they rallied, there were, those units would have a warrior block in the flank. So then he split it, so he put the he went the warriors towards the hammers and the chariot charged into the warriors, which then held them up for quite some time. And uh, but he failed the charge with the the warrior block. I then proceeded to counter charge him with the hammerers. I won that combat and ran them down. Um, so at that point, pretty much the only thing that was left was the hell cannon chewing through the slayers, and they were kind of doing a mutual destruction type approach. And uh, I think the last turn, I only had a few slayers left. I'd got the hell cannon down to half wounds. I'd killed two to, two of his handlers by then. So it's probably about 50-50 which unit would die first. 
So he threw his BSB into it um, to, to help kill off the remaining Slayers. And uh, I think there was three Slayers left at the very end. BSB then decided to kill them all, and the Death Blows finished off the BSB, um, which then gave him my secret mission of uh, breaking his army. Because there was no way I was catching his, his wizard, who was out of organ gun range and flying around with a three at ward. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that was that. The cannon finished off the last skull crusher that had managed to escape from the, from the Slayers. Uh, so it was, in the end, I think it was 14-6 in points. But he didn't make his objective, which I think was... I can't remember which, what it was, but it's probably to kill my general. Like, um, everyone, like everybody else had chosen. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'd made mine by breaking breaking his. I'm um, sure I heard him bringing up the fact that that unlikely combat at the end had killed his BSB and uh, won you the objective. Yes, I, could hear yeah. that, I could hear that happening from my table. So, Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was risky on his part because obviously it could happen because it was only down to one wound left. But it was probably worth it to just to make sure the Slayers finished it off. Um, the Hell Cannon could could well have finished off the Slayers, but I think the BSB killed six or seven um, in that combat overall before he died. And uh, uh, yeah, it was probably 50-50 whether the Hell Cannon would have died or not killing off the Slayers. So either way, but he had the, the Hell Cannon at the end and uh, his general. And I had lost um, both Copters and the Slayer unit. Um, and obviously the grudge thrower. That's just obviously the grudge thrower. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that ended up a 14-6, which then became a 17-3 was the objective. Which meant uh, that I lost, I came second by one point. Which, to be honest, I was very, very happy with playing dwarfs. And now Mark can, 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 can claim that he was beaten by the eventual winner that's yes. true. Yeah, I I did look over and thought well, I can't win too big, otherwise you know, Mark won't be able to have that claim. Or more importantly, um, if Mark Steve could make the claim that if Mark was just a little bit more competent, then he would have won. <laughs> well, that that is true. Can I just <laughs> when I play this back to you and you go on about your positivity, <laughs> shall I just edit that out? Yeah, oh, Alan's um, a very good player. And very good. It was only bad luck, I think, because if you know me evaporating that night when really it should have been strength three armor piercing, which would have just tickled them rather than evaporating them, um, would have made a huge difference. Strength ten, that's uh, yeah, that's going to make a right mess of well anything really. Yeah, that's not what you want, is it? No, it, like, nobody wants like, to run into a strength ten organ gun. Nobody wants no. to run into a strength five organ gun. No, it's like you price the York and Gun barrels with cannons. It's just a cannon yeah. battery. <laughs> there you go. Strapped five cannons together. <laughs> yeah, I had the moral victory of the entire tournament in that I was only beaten by the guy who won it. So what do you expect, you know? And cost Steve the first place. So <laughs> it's like an added bonus for you, if nothing. <laughs> really not, wasn't it? So really, I've beaten you in a way, which means I win. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the logic—it beats yeah. me in a way in that we 
didn't play <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to determine beating, who wins. Yeah, beating in a way that's totally to one side of the actual rules or of the game. But I'll take that. Semantics. Mm. So, yeah, I came 10th, which, you know, it's a lie to say it, it doesn't, it's not slightly frustrating in the fact that if I'd done any better, I would have been a lot higher up the table. But no, I insisted on getting 20 nil. But I, I'm over it now, I think. To be, I think, um, to be fair, with the exception of the top, by the end of it, the top three, um, I think from about fourth to tenth, we're actually really quite close. It's usually uh, the case, isn't it? There's, there's not that much in it. Um, yeah. Well, anyone in the top two tables could have won it on the final. Yes. Game. That made me feel worse. If I'd been told there's no <laughs> way you could have come first, like, oh, well. Yeah, if you'd have 20 nil, you'd have won the whole thing. I, I'd rather not have known. <laughs> um, yeah, I think like when you look at the, the there wasn't much between the top two by the end of it. Obviously, it was a three points, Steve, you got pipped by? I think it was one point. One point. One point. One point, yeah. one point, point. in it. That's even worse. I don't then, think Alan was too far behind. Alan, well, just... Well, Alan came third, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alan was not... Well, there wasn't much between Alan and Andy. And third and fourth, and then I think, like, say, from fifth down to tenth, it was only only a few points in it as well. So it was a, a close tournament, and mm. like, I think the comp is to sort of circle back to the the actual sort of where we started. The comp made for a really interesting, really fun, and I think overall quite equal tournament. Like, I think there was there was no massive power gap for anyone. Um, like Steve mentioned, it. Not having lords, um, and Highland are really, really limits the some of the more game breaking. Well, yeah, because I mean, you take things hitters. like, like people complain about. Like, uh, I'm not going to say phoenixes this time, Mark. I'm going to let you let you have that one. But like Iron Demons, for example, BC um, Blenders. Like, yeah, no not like, lord in there. No great, no demon princes. Not that I think Iron Demons are broken, because I don't, but um, it's easy enough to deal with one of something that's quite tough. It's when you start having to deal with two, yeah, or even three. Like one Chimera, they're good, but you can deal with one Chimera, it's only four wounds. Um, it's when you've got two flying at you. That's the that's the problem. problem. Slightly more of a problem. Yeah, I like, well, um, and a lot of the other harder stuff. They often come in pairs, so it's they're a lot easier to deal with than there's only one of them. And so Highlander does cut that down. Unless you say, Lord, suddenly the big spells are less prevalent because people aren't rolling them or they don't have the, the casting value to meet them. So Magic is playing a more reasonable effect on the game. Yeah, I thought that, that in all the... of my games, Magic did really quite minimal. Um, and speaking to some, like, a, more, a lot of other people... It didn't do a lot in in a lot of games by the looks of it. It was it was a little bit here, a little bit there. It wasn't the the make or break that it it can quite often be. I think I must say the magic I cast was awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. I thought yours was game breaking. To be honest, it, it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just kept, I just kept accidentally casting remove grudge thrower. Yes. <laughs> Turn one. 
That, that's Six dice book. remove grudge throw. There we go. That's what you've got to do to unlock the uh, strength ten cannon shot on yeah, the exactly. uh, yeah. on the organ gun. It's something so I noticed about um, got a dice. <laughs> something I noticed about magic though is um, it, it, if you were rolling lots of dice, that made it more of a problem. Yes, um, law magic phases. Yeah, because. If you've got to, like I rolled twelve dice in one of my in the first game, like well, what am I going to do with this? Because he's got six, so he's likely to stop. If I six dice something, am I going to six dice something on a level two mage and risk the miscast and blow up a lot of my unit and possibly, you know, I can only miscast twice on the uh, wounded ones, and he's dead. So I don't really want to go for the miscast on that. So I thought that. The double, the, the twelve dice was more of a problem. Like I've only got two spells to spend these twelve dice on, so that was an in, that was an interesting thing that had never come up before. So I, I did like the restrictions for how it, you're yeah. thinking about problems from a different way. And I think another thing that you often find, like in in tournaments, is that a lot of people take a level four just to cancel out the opponent's level four, not inherently because they're do a lot yeah um, and I think actually if you look at it just having the Highlander actually benefits slightly the, the armies that should be strong in magic because it's quite easy for armies like vampires or lizards to double up on level twos with Highlander yeah, because with vamps you can have a vampire level two and a necromancer level two, and you could even have a white king holding one of the bound spells. With lizards, you know, all you've got to do is you've got to have a, a you could have a saurus BSB, then you know you've got a chief at forty points, and then you're into then you can get two priests. Second in. skink, yeah. yeah it's just, it's um, nearly it's, it is impossible for uh, high elves to do it because you've got a there's the mage and then. Uh, Dragon Mage in the same hero slot, so you're never gonna, you've got not got the points to pay for a Dragon Mage and cycle back to a Mage. Certainly not a two K, which I no. was interesting for sure. It's just that forcing of decisions to be made that you know you can incorporate a lot more without those restrictions, obviously. But I, I liked how it focused you on thinking about things like that. But it also makes some things nearly auto includes, like the um, Chaos Familiar. Because that's a way to get a level, a pseudo level three. Oh uh, yeah, the spell familiar. Yeah, yeah. And what was that thing that Graham used, where it's like you roll five dice to channel and channel on five or six, but if you roll a one, it reduces your leadership. Oh, is it a chaos? I think it's a chaos warrior item, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah it's something like the skull yeah. of something or other. Skull of Katam or something like that. Yeah. Because yeah. anything to give to give you that little advantage. Um, from just a level two, so it's things that, I'd, that you see you're familiar quite a lot, but I've never seen that item before. Yeah, I think then taking things like the ruby ring is is handy, just for to chuck an extra couple of dice out to spread the dice around a bit more. Yeah, I think Give something else you might have to dispel. I think that's a good shout. To be fair, um, and certainly if I was, I mean, if I was, if I was say, playing me empire, like a. a, a a witch hunter with the ruby ring would just be quite cheeky at this point value, I think. And with this restriction, I mean, witch hunters are cheeky anyway. I like witch hunters. 
just in general. Steve like, blow on a fireball. Steve likes them on a flying carpet. <laughs> I do. I love my witch hunters on a flying carpet. They're awesome. Um, so if you were to do it again, what would you do differently? Get two more tournament points. That's what I do. Or make me get two more tournament yeah, points. I'll make you get two more, two more tournament points. Yeah. Oh, I um, think I'd probably just not make this as it sounds it's easy with hindsight like say it's twenty twenty, not make the errors that I made and probably just be not fight against me me nature to play aggressive uh, and actually just let myself loose a little bit more. I would find the points to put a rune of forging on my grudge thrower. <laughs> I think that would have paid for itself. It would, yeah. Um, I think, like I was saying at the start, if I was to change it, I'd change the list to include that razor standard, and I would probably have dropped the sword of might because it did not effectively nothing, and um, probably put on a ruby ring of ruin, and I might swap to high magic. Because drain magic in the last game would have made a massive difference. But your wizard was dead. Well, that's true. Because <laughs> the wizard has to be alive to cast it, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, with Painstain, he also wouldn't have had his wizard dead, obviously, Steve. Yeah, I would have oh, changed yeah, that. Yes. Well, I would, yeah. And then I would have changed everything about how the last game went. That's, that's the only small change I would have made. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I know, obviously, Shane's looking to already plan sort of the next event. Um, I look forward to whatever he whatever he does with it. Like Shin always runs a good event. I must give a shout out to Beanie Games as well, which what a what an excellent venue. And Steve, the owner, uh, gave us all like everyone who attended a five pound voucher, which was just it was just very nice, incredible. Yeah, like it, it was it was really wonderful to, uh, on on his behalf to encourage like more wargaming. Um, and like I, said, I know Shane's already talking about holding another event. So well, I'd, I'd definitely do it again if uh, Shane yeah. organised another one. I'd definitely go again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's about it for the review of the tournament. Um, any any final thoughts, gentlemen? If Steve finishes his first games before me, I'll throw a bit some points to avoid him next time. <laughs> right. Well, we've got the second place. Where did you place, Scott? Eighth, I Second, eighth, and tenth, and there's literally no better ranks in the tier. In the final rankings, there's no better ranks than that. So <laughs> can't say fairer than that. So thank you, chaps, for uh, going through it again. And uh, thanks, thanks everyone. Anytime, anytime you want. You, you can be a recurring guest like uh, Guinan of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Anyway, thanks very much. See you on the next one. Yeah, thanks, Mark.